They're evil. Sex signs of evil. It's getting world famous. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna. Welcome to the show. Yay. Yay. Thanks, that's, guys. That's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> Roundtable show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big 2, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSN Radio. And welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition, episode, episodio, whatever you want to call it. This is the Roundtable Show. I am Angel the Jacko Espino, and with me, as usual, on the panel of hosts, the ones and only. And I'm going to go around the table. We have, first off, of course, veterans of the show, the one and only, the inspirable. Is that even a word? Inspirable? No, I don't think so, right? The, it's uh, fine. You could. It works. Well, the, the guy who inspires the show every week. Johnny Alpha. Oh, thank you. I thought you were talking about yourself. I was going to be like, you are inspirable. I mean, like, I, I don't see why you can't make it your own words. Everybody online seems to do it. I mean, like, woke is a thing, so inspirable? Like, why not? Yeah, man? When, it, sounds, when, it sounds legit. When did woke become an actual word? That's a, that's uh, a... 2018. 2018, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm going to start making my own words. Thank you, sir. So that's Johnny Alpha, and of course, joining us as usual, as, you know, since he's been uh, available the last uh, several weeks, which is awesome. The one and only Mr. Cold Cuts himself, Jason Justice. What's up, buddy? What's up, everybody? Chilling. Just over here. Chilling. It's hot as fuck outside. Chillin'. Yo, you ain't kidding. <laughs> yeah, dog. It's I want some hot August nights, man. Oh, man, I went outside today for a little bit, and I, I ran back inside. I was like, nah, screw that. I ain't, I ain't doing it. And uh, without, uh, you know, you know, sunscreen, I tend to, like, bust out with rashes and stuff. I was sensitive skin, is what I'm trying to say. But uh, now joining, joining us this week... Uh, missing the round table is, uh, Zod Ryder, but he's here in spirit. Maybe he'll be here, uh, a little bit later. We have a, a cool top ten list we're gonna go over later. Our favorite one-liners from any random movie. We're gonna, uh, leave that for the end of this hour. And of course, we got the box office top ten results at the end of the second hour. We're gonna go over that later on. And, uh, we have a bunch of, uh, news that, uh, well, some interesting, some not. You know, there's uh, a couple of things I want to get to that is completely off uh, just regular uh, new news wire stuff. But trending topics that have been around the internet for the last few uh, few weeks, uh, you know, dealing with Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy, stuff like that. But we also have some uh, topics that are on the round table brought to us by Johnny Alpha. Johnny, what would you bring us this week? Oh, Robert Downey Jr. kind of like dropped a little hint about a movie I didn't even know that was um even coming out. Um, there might be a new Sherlock Holmes with him in the works. Uh, Doctor Strange two rumors that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to get fat paid. There is a really funny thing that just came out about um Zack Snyder's Justice League starring um a certain funny actor playing one of the hugest heroes that I I, I don't want to spoil. I'm going to get into this later in the show. Um. Ryan Reynolds, he um, he kind of hints like a really funny thing that he wants to do for X-Force. We'll get into that, too. I'll drop that um, when we get to the story. Um, and I, I don't know if we'll tackle this or not, but I just found the story completely hysterical.
people. The writer of Fan Four Stick apologizes to all Marvel fans for his part in that film. Those are kind of like all I could find. It's it's dead as hell news. Like we're at the end of summer, so there's really no movies right now and stuff. You know what I mean? Which is crazy to say because it's like the end of summer. You would figure it's movie season, guys. It's summer. What's going on? What's going I on? I went and saw the Meg. That's not that's not that bad. I mean, like well, yeah, Jason was Statham fights a shark. Yeah, how was it? Exactly. I, I haven't seen it personally, but it, it's done much better than the studio the studio early predicted. In fact, uh, it's overperformed. Well, as far as like dumb shark movies go, it, it's actually really not that bad. I mean, it's not Jaws by any stretch, but it's way better than something like Deep Blue Sea or Sharknado. Okay. It, there's almost an intelligent storyline to it with how they were able to find the Megalodon. And it's not believable because it's Jason Statham fighting a shark, but it, it's a very enjoyable movie. There's a great cast in it, um, and it's actually just like kind of a fun, big, dumb action film. So if you're into that kind of thing, like give the mega watch. I mean, it's it's there's worse ways to spend your money, especially or just wait for it to come out on video. It'll be like a nice, fun at home watch. I don't know if you need to see it in the theater. I mean, I figured after like the ten Sharknado movies that we kind of like you know stretched the possibilities of sharks in film. I mean, like. Oh, no, because well, not even from Sci-Fi Channel, like Shark, they don't even stop it there. You had the three-headed shark attack that turned into four-headed shark attack. I think they're up to six-headed sharks. They got the shark to puss. They got right. mega shark versus, yep. I mean, like, you run the gamut of Sci-Fi Channel. And then Hollywood, well, Hollywood with China kind of came up with this one. And it's got a neat multinational cast and... It, there's money put into it. Like in Sharknado, you're watching, and they're like running around, and the water's only up to their ankles, but there's like sharks swimming around and that, eating people. It, this isn't that, you know what I mean? Like this actually makes sense why there's a giant shark and why, it, to where it takes place, how it could be there. But at the, at the same time, it's still just a big, dumb action movie with a giant monster in it. Well, after, the, uh, crank, after the crank movies, uh, I'd watch anything with Jason. He's awesome. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he never really lets me down. Like, yeah. The Fast and Furious movies that he's in aren't well, yeah, the greatest, that's really, but... That's not really him. That's, that's the thing. He's just part of an ensemble cast there. But when you catch him like in his own, like, you know, starring movies, he's usually pretty good. Uh, I, I've liked a lot of his work. Uh, Jason, have, uh, have you seen The Meg yet? Uh, no, I have not. I have not seen it. I have not been interested in seeing it. Um... I like Sharnado because Sharnado was supposed to be ridiculous. That's yes. the whole point. Yep. This is ridiculous, but they try to make it seem that it's somewhat serious, and I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> they make it that serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, not... I think you might be missing the point also. It's <laughs> not for me, though. Well, it sounds interesting. I'm going to end up checking it out. Just because, again, I'm a fan of Jason's uh, statement, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, I, like, I've heard good things, you know, so uh, hearing your little mini-review there, again, inspirable. You inspired me. Inspirable. Hell yeah. <laughs> Tell me, I'm going to put that in the dictionary. That's going to go in there. <laughs> the PSN dictionary. At, at least, so, you know, some kind of urban, uh, you know, Ebonics dictionary. It's going to be inspirable. Who came up with that? The Jackal. And- <laughs> Hell yeah! There you go, son. 
Um, let's see, what else we wanted to get to? There's a couple of things I wanted to talk about and bring up. Uh, it seems, uh, I don't know if you guys have been following what's been trending with Star Wars over the last uh, few weeks. Uh, it just uh, kind of leaked uh, this past week that it looks like uh, they're, they're hinting, and I don't know what's been taking so long that this is the case, but they're hinting now uh, from uh, D- uh, Disney directly, and I'm talking about like, Bob Igar and the, the heads up at Disney, that the Ryan Johnson trilogy they've been talking about is canceled, and uh, that Kathleen Kennedy might announce her departure from Lucasfilms uh, within the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, and this is uh, trending the last uh, few d- day or so, actually. So, I mean, we're right on top of uh, this uh, you know, latest uh, debacle. And this also has, you know, guys, this has to do with how badly Solo performed at the box office, obviously the backlash to the, uh, the Last Jedi. And, uh, you know, even some of the fans that didn't like, you know, The Force Awakens, which there weren't many because out of the other movies that have come out, that and Rogue One has, have, you know, had the most positivity you know, come from the fans uh, of everything they put out so far. Even the uh, the new Resistance cartoon uh, trailer kind of got a really weird negative backlash, which shocked me because I saw it and it shot like an anime, and it didn't look that bad. Did you guys see this? Have you seen the trailer for it yet? No, it sounds cool. If it looks like an anime, I'll definitely be down because I'm kind of tired of that CGI looking shit that they did with Clone Wars. That's ugly, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, the Clone Wars, funny enough that you mentioned that, is making a comeback. They actually, they're bringing it back for uh, two seasons that they have supposedly in the can, and they're working on some of the final animation. When that show got taken off the air, um, they're they're putting it out in the uh, Disney streaming um, app that's coming out. So that's going to be on there. Uh Death on, you know, a, a, a home with Dave Filoni, who's in charge of the uh, animation for that show and for and for Lucasfilms. Now, he is the creator of the new show Resistance, which has a completely different look, feel, texture. It feels, like I saw the, the clip, it looked cool to me. I liked that. That was kind of neat. You know, some of the backlash, you know, are from fans that say, well, it's, it's, it looks like it's for kids. I'm like, no, no shit, Sherlock. It's yeah, gonna, it's Star it's, Wars. It's the <laughs> Star Wars, and it's on the Disney stream. What, what did you <laughs> expect for this to be like Hellraiser in space? Like, I mean, so, <laughs> some of the like the fan backlash is ridiculous. So when I when I see like, and and I hate to call people a lot because it, it's just it, it's funny to me to to see the anger in some of the fans, but like the geeks and gamers, and I love the channel on YouTube. Uh, I like the passion, but when I when I see how angry the the, the host of that show gets over a one minute clip, one minute, and he's mad because it's you know it looks. See, that's like the problem. He, he's made himself a name for being mad at Star Wars, so now he can't ever go back to like it again. That's kind of the problem. That's kind of the hole that these guys dig themselves in, into when they become popular for um for a topic like that. And that's the reason why you got red letter media and all these other guys coming out of the woodwork. Even if there's a great star Wars film that they loved, they will never admit it because 
they had to sell to their fans for so long that they're not down with this because ooh, it had X wings in it again, and like we wanted something new. It's like well, it's fucking yours. There's gonna be X wings in it. You would think that, but then there's other clubs who, when they announced they're gonna bring back the Clone Wars, he was happy like a schoolgirl, like on prom night, like oh my god, yes. Like I mean, it, it, that's what it made no sense. I'm like, he's happy they're bringing back Clone Wars, but he's mad at the Resistance still, you know, coming off and and debuting. It, after a one minute clip, I mean, when I saw the clip, I was like, hey, it looks pretty interesting. It looks funny, and you know, they, remember when you shoot a one minute like trailer, you're gonna cut like the funnier clips, or, you know, the little like snippets, so people can kind of. You know, get an early feel of what the show's going to be about. This thing comes out in October. So, I mean, it's a little earlier to judge, and it's a one-minute clip. I mean, give it a chance. A lot of fa- a lot of fans didn't like the uh, early uh, stuff that came out for Rebels. And then after the first season, they were like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. And they, and they fell into well, it. Rebels, Rebels season one was pretty hard to get into. Like, I have, I, I have really big problems with the main character Ezra, but I, 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 I stuck to season one and got into season two, and um, it does, it, it, it did get really good later on. Like, so I can see that point. But the thing was, is Rebels was kind of fun from the get go. At the same time, I mean, like. I didn't have to force myself through the season. It wasn't my most pleasurable, like animated watching experience, but it it wasn't like trying to get through like um a really crappy cartoon. You know what I mean? But the, the thing I have, is that I loved about Rebels was how different the animation season looked compared to like the Clone Wars. You know, even the animation style, everything about it was kind of like it had its own feel and texture. This is a lot smoother looking. Yeah. yeah, like everything, everything in like Clone Wars was really jagged and edged looking, and everything in Clone Wars was, I mean, and everything in um, Rebels was kind of like really smooth and polished, and like the people's faces actually look like faces, not like like yeah. jagged stone things, like in um, like in Clone Wars. Yeah, and exactly. Now this one has a little bit more of a Japanese animation style to it, and again, I thought it worked well. Um, I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I look forward to seeing a full episode of them. I mean, they're going to be, like, what, probably, like, 20 minutes long. You know, it's not going to be anything major also. So, um, I mean, it looks interesting. It, it really does. Uh, Jason, have you seen uh, any, did you see the Resistance uh, trailer at all or no? I did. It looks good. I mean, I'll watch right. anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it looks good. Like, I don't know what people's gripe is. Like, it fucking looks fine. Like, I'll watch it. And I love anime. So if you're going to make it like that, I'll watch that style. I'm down with that. I mean, BB so does, this like, cool. does, this, does this look like, like an anime anime? Or does it kind of look like um, it's influenced by anime? Kind of like the new Voltron show where it looks like yeah, a conventional. Yeah, it looks like the Voltron. Yeah. Okay. Then I, I could get jiggy with that, too, then. So I love the way that new Voltron show looked. I didn't think I'd like that as much as I did. I didn't think so either. When it, somebody put me down, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay," I, and I was like, "Oh crap! This is actually pretty damn good." No, bolt, I mean, I I got what's up? No, no, what? Oh, I I lost my train of thought, and I, and I just was gonna ramble anyway. So let's <laughs> um about about the Star Wars stuff, man. I I 
keep my head out of it because like they tell you exactly what the next movie is going to be before they even start filming it. So I don't, I don't, when I look at Star Wars news, I, I just don't click on it. I don't read it because I want to go in and, and watch the film as it is. I didn't even watch trailers for The Last Jedi or Solo before I went and saw well, no, actually, I just went and with Star Wars, it's it's the opposite. Because Star Wars, they don't tell you anything. Uh, you know, you you get like really quick clips here and there. But for example, the like, the marketing for Solo didn't really like hit hard until like two months before the movie came out. But then again, Ron Howard was working like way behind because he had to like kind of redo the entire film. And uh, the 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 new one coming out now, Episode Nine. Well, J.J. Abrams has been working on the script, they are just now going to start the production on that. So, I mean, you're not going to see anything, and that comes out next year in December. So you're not going to see anything until probably Celebration next year, which will be, uh, what, April, May, June, somewhere. That's when you might see, like, a quick, like, one-minute trailer, you know, or something along those lines. But you're not going to see anything, you know, major either. It's, you know, especially in Star Wars, like that's something that J.J. Abrams did brilliantly with uh, Episode Seven. He didn't show you any major trailers or anything until a few months before, and then it was like quick cuts. And some of the stuff that he used in the trailers didn't even end up in the movies. So right, that, that in itself. Was I was basically cool. the last one I really paid attention to though was um, Rogue One, and they did kind of let everything about that movie out before I went and saw it. And I was a little... I, I still love the movie. It's still my favorite one of, like, the new films. But um, I kind of didn't like that I knew that, like, ooh, everybody's going to die in it. You know what I mean? Like, before I went and saw it. Which I didn't expect, actually, everybody to die. But when it did happen, I'm like, huh, they, they just spoiled that one right out of the gate. I mean, I thought they were talking out their asses. But I guess that was their troll. They thought everybody would didn't think they meant it. Well, no, but, see, that got oh. spoiled for you because uh, for a long time they weren't talking about that because in the original script, believe it or not, they actually had it so um, most of the cast lived. So hmm. that was actually changed. Uh, I don't know exactly how far into production, but they they changed that, that during production. Uh, and, in fact, there's even stuff in the uh, trailer that was changed um, after the fact, remember there's a, there's a second director that came in. Some of the uh, the the footage, like the Vader scene, was added at the end of, uh, of that by a second unit director. Um, they did a lot of rewrites and reshoots on that as well, but they kept a lot of that hush hush. That's one of the reasons why Kathleen Kennedy it's it's in the hot chair, as some people put it, because uh, you know there's been problems with almost every single one of the movies. Even The Force Awakens, she had issues uh, with uh, some stuff that J.J. was doing, and there was a little bit of conflict there, but it wasn't too bad. The only movie that she had no issues with anything that was going on with was The Last Jedi. Like, her and Ryan Johnson were on the same page, to the point that she gave him his own trilogy. And that's the movie that has completely divided the, the fan base and some would say even destroyed Star Wars completely. Like, And maybe not destroyed Star Wars, but at least in some ways destroyed this current trilogy. Mm, I, I don't see that at all. Yeah. I, I like that it took it in a different direction than the trilogies we've seen before. It was a weird move, but I, I don't see how it derails anything. And well, honestly, well, they can they can rebound it, it back in so many ways. Like, yeah, but it's taking. But a they long killed time. Snoke. 
they killed Snoke. They, uh, they, they killed. They revealed. So, uh, they, they had a bad reveal for race uh, parentage, which everybody hated. Um, they made, for example, like you know, they made um, General Hux into a complete buffoon. Adam Driver's character got watered down. Uh, you had uh, Poe looking like a bitch. Uh, you, you know, it, they had a complete. It was actually one of the worst scenes in the history of Star Wars, which is. Uh, it looks cool on film, but when you really think about it, it completely destroys the argument of, well, why don't we even have space battles in these movies? It's the scene where the uh, ship is driven through the destroyer and destroys all the other ships right around it. By uh, the, the lady with the purple hair, remember Hondo? Yeah. Okay. And- now think about that. If you could make a ship that could destroy a destroyer that big, which was bigger than or almost as big as the Death Star, okay? Um, what can you? What can that just turn into the Death Star to begin with? Okay, but I, I got a rebuttal for that. These people are are mad about that, but they can fully accept that a, a dumbass eight year old kid can fly into a ship with on autopilot and somehow destroy it in the Phantom Menace. Like really, like Star Wars is full of garbage like that. That's what makes it pulpy. It's it's it that is it's camp and yeah, sure no, it's not the greatest ride ever, but. Yeah, but see, that's more believable because that kid is Anakin Skywalker, and he's the greatest pilot. He's one of the best pilots at his age in the galaxy. How are we supposed to believe that he he drove in one Force? He, he, he never force. flew any uh, midi chlorians. Like it's bullshit, dude. It's the same thing, and people just want to bitch about something because. Oh, they didn't do Luke Skywalker the way I wanted it to. Ray wasn't a Kenobi, so I don't like it. It's like, why does Ray have to be a Skywalker or a Kenobi? Like, Obi Wan and Anakin weren't badasses because the Force ran through their family forever. No, they were the first ones to ever be like powerful Jedi's from their bloodlines. So why did Ray have to automatically just have to be from one of their one of their progeny? Like the whole fan base for this is just. I don't know. It kind of makes me not want to be a Star Wars fan anymore at some points. You know what I mean? It's just like, I just can't get on board with a lot of it, man. It's just seems, uh, makes Batman and Spider-Man fans sound level-headed in my opinion. It's a movie, man. You're supposed to suspend reality. Like they're already in space doing impossible things and you're going to nitpick on something. Like I don't need them to be real. I watch movies to escape reality unless I want to watch a documentary okay, when I want to find it, out something about reality. Here's the thing. The, the reason the fans are pissed, and and rightfully so, you killed Luke, you killed Leia, you killed Han Solo. You made Rey mm-hmm. not important. You made How is Snow- she not important just because no, she's not-, not a Kenobi? No, not because of that, because she came out of nothing. She's a Mary Sue, and I'll continue that in a second. Hold on, let me finish. Now, Snoke is dead. You have Kylo Ren, right? He's the only character now that's being kind of like brought over that has any meaning to him. But he's a childish, you know, twerp. Like Anakin Skywalker? But he, but he actually completed something that Anakin couldn't do. Now he's taking over the galaxy? Like, where do you take this to the next level? What's the next step out of this? Uh, Spaceballs. That's the next step. Well, he is Rick Moranis, and, and guess who Ray's parents really are? Lone Star and Princess 
whatever her name is, is Spaceballs. That's, I mean, that's, Come on, Ray does not look Druish, man. You she, know that. She looks like a Druish princess. She totally does. She does not look Druish at all. That, bro. That's, she does that's not the next step in, in this episode nine right there, Spaceballs. Because, I mean, they completely turned into, yeah, the movie was even funny. Like, the, the, the last Jedi so, had, so, more, had more jokes right? than. Hold on. The last Jedi actually literally had more jokes than any Star Wars movie before it. Did you not realize that? that I mean, even the scene where, where Poe is like, uh, yeah, can, can I talk to uh, General Hux? And he goes, I am Supreme, you know, General Hux, General Hux. And he's like, yeah, I can't hear you. I mean, really, do we need to have, like, Earth jokes in Star Wars? Like, how lame is that? I didn't think it was at all. You're on your own. It's a, it's, a, it's a movie. But too many jokes is what I'm saying. Dude, <laughs> sound like a DC fan talking about Marvel movies now, man. Dude, have you seen have you seen the air that we live in right now? The freaking what's going on? Everybody who has advertisement tries to make a funny commercial. Everyone, even serious news places, try to do fucking funny because funny sells now. Funny sells. Funny doesn't offend people. Well, not all of it. Well, as long as people laugh, fun, funny, as long as people laugh, it's yeah. on there. But funny's not innocent. The, funny. The funny's not something to call bad. Uh, solo bomb. The last Jedi. Look at the fan. We. It's actually. not supposed to. It's not supposed uh. to be a comedy. And I'm not. And and, and it, don't ah me because it's not supposed to be funny. But they try to put funny into it so that they can appeal the to exact, people. Just like oh, that's the just like Geico. Just like Geico. Just like Geico started doing funny commercials, then everybody started doing funny commercials to sell stuff. Before that, everybody tried to do something meaningful. You know, every, everything has, has some kind of power behind advertisement. Now, advertisement is all about funny because people like funny. People like to laugh. This world is full of crap. So people like funny stuff. So they're going to put funny on anything because the people that are running this shit now, it's not you and me. It's the next generation that's starting to push all this. They're going to win. We're still in charge, but eventually we're going to be old. We're going to be the past, and they're the ones they're going to bring on the future. We're going to be our grandparents, just like my grandfather used to hate my music, used to hate the movies I watched, used to hate everything. I never understood it. Now that I'm getting older, I'm like, oh, crap. Now I see it through his eyes. Now I understand how it is. It's all about changes, and changes in society are always put into movies. That's just how it is. That's just how they appeal to people. You got to put whatever people like in the movie because you can't put something that people don't like or that people think is dated in a freaking movie and expect everybody to be like, oh, I get it. No, they have to stay current. Funny is current when it comes to just about anything you watch on TV. So that's what it is. And I, I mean, I'm not sitting here to fucking nitpick any damn movie. I just want them to be entertaining. That's all. Now, were you really interested? So, um, so Jackal, yeah, is is Anakin Skywalker a, a Mary Sue? Because he kind of came from nothing, and then all of a sudden he could just fly anything. No. He could actually, like, yeah. If Ray is, then Anakin is, bro. That that's that 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 you can't just cut from one side of something and then deny the other thing because, like, they're the same. They came out of the same type of origin, except for Anakin. At least even had a mom, which didn't have the Force, and Anakin led to him hate first Dan. of all. First of all, 
Anakin was a slave for, you know, a few years on that planet. Um, Anakin had been really pod racing. Um, that's, you know, Anakin wasn't fighting with lightsabers using the force as it, as it, using the mind tricks and all kind of stuff like that. Anakin wasn't protected, but he had, you know, developed feelings already that were, you know, force related. He could sense things. They even say it in the movie, he could sense things before they happened. That was part of his force powers. He could, you know, he had he was tuned into the force at a really strong rate. But he wasn't like you. If you gave him a lightsaber as a little kid, he wasn't going to go through and and fight a Sith Lord like Kylo Ren and beat him. You know what I mean? That wasn't going to happen. Now the reason they people are saying that she's a Mary Sue is because from the very beginning of her existence. She's never picked up a lightsaber before, and all of a sudden she's going at Kylo Ren like a pro. I mean, she took down the the big bad guy without issue, like a pro, like a G. And uh, let's see, she knows how to fly the Millennium Falcon, even though she's never flown before. She even says it in the movie. I've never flown a, a ship like this before. You know, how, how does she know this? You know what I mean? Well, they, but but they you're, 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 you're getting into semantics. Now, what's the they, difference they, between they, the Millennium they, Falcon and that finish. little ship that Anakin flew? Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. They literally, and this is part of like what people had issues with, they literally, in the movie, tell you that she downloaded these uh, instructions on how to do these things through the will of the Force as she got stronger with the Force than it awoke in her. That's a skill that nobody's ever, you know, spoke about before. So they're like, they're making shit as they go along to give her all these powers and make her a Mary Sue, basically. And and I really don't have as much an issue with that because I understand where they're kind of coming at with where the Force is awakening in her and it's trying to balance her to match Kylo Ren, but she hasn't had a single day of training with a lightsaber and she's going to go at this dude like that. That's a little bit of a stretch. It, Even though I, I, also, I also understand that he can kind of let her, you know, like off a little bit off the hook. Because if you watch that, he, it's not he's, he really is not trying to kill her. Like, no, he would have killed yeah. Poe. He would have killed Finn, but not her. I think. I don't think he was trying to kill either one of them, because I think it was just mess. If you look even at his fight with Finn, there's opportunities for him to kill Finn, and he really didn't take him. So, I mean, there's things there that also kind of like. I mean, he did leave him spineless for like 10 minutes until they put him in a bubble wrap, and then all of a sudden, hey, it's Finn, it's Finn again. Look at that walking around. Takes a lightsaber to the spine, and he's okay. No issues. It's a movie. It's that's my. I mean, like, uh, but like if we go back to the, if we go back to the original trilogy. Luke like had like three lessons, and somehow he was able to beat Sith lords and, and learn how to lightsaber fight. Even though like Yoda. It didn't show Yoda ever teach him how. Um, Yoda barely taught him how to do backflips and Wrong stuff. Again. And he runs off. Wrong again. He had he had slight training with the lightsaber from Obi Wan. Okay, he had training. He had training with Yoda for God knows how long he was in Dagobah. We don't know if he was there for several days, weeks, months. We we know that he was at training, and 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 he was fighting Vader, who knew that Luke was his son, and he didn't want to kill him. He was just trying to like you know get him to join him. Vader didn't want to kill Luke. If anything, Vader was trying to recruit him. 
So, it, it Luke actually had it pretty easy, if, if you ask me. Even in Return of the Jedi, at no point, even though Vader is fighting him, I mean, when you really look at the context of their their fight, Vader is taking it easy on Luke. It's, I, I just see you, the same shit in all three trilogies. Especially man, like, if you, you go if you watch Rogue One, you see how Vader like unleashes anger on those guys in the hallway, and he's like he busts through those guys like, like they're nothing. I mean, you know he can tear shit up from watching that. So I mean, when he's fighting Luke, if he wanted to, you know, really, you know, mess Luke up, I got the feeling that you know Lord Vader could have at any moment. I think he was just playing it easy. Because why would you want to kill your son who could be the, you know, the heir apparent to you and to what you got going on and who could help you take over the galaxy and kill the Emperor? Maybe he sensed that this is, you know, the the way that many... Uh, 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 how do you explain this? the Obi-Wan fight in, in, uh, in uh, A New Hope? Like, did he, was he just, like, punking him? Is that why, like, he fought like an old man, too? Like, when, like, those two fought, like, it was kind of like the most pathetic sword fight in film history. Like, it was just wondering, like, because, like, the, the, the lightsaber battle is trying to compare him from, um, from trilogy to trilogy you is kind of goofy, because... You can, you can. Yeah, because... No, no, here's the technology thing. Got you, no, 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 you haven't seen Rebels, that's the thing. When you, when you watch Rebels, they kind of answer that. Obi-Wan had gotten so skilled with the lightsaber that he didn't, he changed the style from one current fighting style, which we saw in the prequels, to where he was literally just standing there. Even in the Rebels, when he fights Darth Maul, his fighting style is like in the movie. Like, Maul's going like all ape shit and going crazy on him, and he just stands there. And then Darth Maul comes at him, he swift, quick cuts. And he's like he's he's gotten so good, he and he's not arrogant. That's the whole point of uh, that's how good he is. Uh, they, I think, at, in, all, in all honesty, Obi Wan is probably better than anybody at that point with a lightsaber. He he had, remember he allows himself to get killed. It's not like he you know like Vader beats him. He puts his lightsaber up and he's like, you beat me, Darth, you know, make me more powerful than you can imagine. And he allows himself to get killed. So it's, it's a completely different thing. Watch Rebels, and believe it or not, that show answered a lot of questions. And it was, it was a great series. I miss it. I look forward to Resistance. But we got a short time here on this hour, and I wanted to get to some other news on the roundtable. So let's get to that. Johnny Alpha, what's the first thing on the roundtable here, sir? Well, Robert Downey Jr. kind of just came out and said that, like, he's getting ready, um, and he's getting buff again to do um, Sherlock Holmes 3 with Guy Ritchie, which I didn't even think was, well, yeah. He's, he teased that, like, there's going to be a, a Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes 3. What do you guys think about that? Well, let's see. First off, uh, Sherlock Holmes 3, yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, I'm not... Exactly, uh, a huge fan of the film series so far, but I you know Robert Downey Jr. is a good actor. But does he really have to get buff for that role? I mean, Sherlock sure, sure well, Holmes he... usually was played by an old British, you know, old man. <laughs> so well, not the way he played him in I his know, movies. He I was know, a boxer, but, remember? Yeah, oh. but he, he's. I mean, he's not exactly the same age as the first two movies. I mean, a few years have passed. He can easily pay, you know play him at a current age, and he's aged. Who cares? 
you know? I don't know. It's, I, I really don't think that's uh, a, a big deal. And I mean, it's, it's what he's saying, that he doesn't have to get buffed for Iron Man. Is that what you're saying that Robert Downey Jr.? No, he, he gets buffed for Iron Man. Well, not as buff as everybody else, but like for like an, a 60-year-old ex-junkie, he gets pretty ripped. I mean, True. Uh, but... Hold on, Jason, I, uh, you have, you want to drop your two cents on uh, this news? I mean, I'll watch it. I watched the first one, so... That, I'll watch wow. it. I don't think he has to get buff. I don't yeah. think he has to get buff for anything. Like, Sherlock Holmes, like... Right. I know he portrayed it with, like, boxing or whatever, but why does he need to be buff for? Like, he's just going to flex on people now? Elementary! Ah! And, and, and <laughs> doesn't he put on, like, that's... that Sherlock Holmes outfit in the uh, movie series? I mean, like... It is sad. No, like, not really. Somewhat, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's it's set in old-timey England. This one's... Like the two shows are takes place nowadays. This one actually takes place in Antebellum era. Um, Jude Law's Watson. Yeah, did you watch the first two? I mean, like that was a rhetorical question. I was actually asking so you could answer. Yeah, he does yeah. just like that. And that's of course I see him. Well, he doesn't wear the hat. He doesn't wear like the same hat. He wears kind of like a bowler hat in this. He doesn't wear like the traditional Sherlock right. Holmes two build goofy hat. Well, so I don't really understand jump. the point of that hat. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, the hat was hat. always goofy. It's a hat. What do you, what, yeah. what do you want? What well, do well you my want? favorite thing about the Benedict Cumberbatch one is like when they actually pull the hat out, it's only for a joke. Like they, they the hat's just there for like as a meme, which I thought was really great the way that they worked that in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, did you guys even watch that show? Um, I've seen episodes. Uh, it gets worse. It sadly gets worse as the seasons go on. Like the first two seasons Damn. are pretty good, but three and four. Bleh. I actually like the Johnny Lee Miller one with Lucy Liu way better mm. now. And I, I, I personally really like these films, especially the second one, because in the first one I didn't like Jude Law's Watson very much, but in the second mm-hmm. one he steps up. He's got like that old steampunk machine gun, and he's like kicking ass, and like he got to be the war hero character and stuff, which was cool because he's usually Watson's a gimp. So um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this one. I, I don't know who the bad guy is, and I like Guy Ritchie. I, I really like his movies. I like that King Arthur did last year, even though everybody else seemed to hate it. I thought that was wonderful. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Guy Ritchie. Except for Man from Uncle. I don't like that movie. With Henry Cavill and his mustache. No, he didn't have the mustache in that movie. No. Should have, though. He'd have probably been better with the mustache. Because, like, the mustache made him almost cool in the in the um, Mission Impossible movie. Like, I'm going to have a... mustache was... I'm going to make a, a, a petition for the White House that Henry Cavill needs to have a mustache in every movie. Yeah, man. Why couldn't Superman have a mustache like he did in the right? 70s? Like, that would have been awesome. They'd had, like, Superman and... I mean, like, Zack Snyder's universe, like, they're all moody and shit. Why can't Superman have a mustache when he comes back from the dead? Like, like screw it, I got tough and decided to grow a mustache when I was dead. That's how badass I am. <laughs> by, the, by the way, speaking of which, I just want to you know, put this out there. Um, I've changed my stance on this whole Snyder Cut thing. And uh, I recently have uh, done a, th- a 380. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke there. 
And, yeah, uh, blow the waters, Beck. Blow yeah, the waters. We're going to blow the waters off of this one. <clears throat> I'm joining the uh, the fight here that my man Zod Ryder has uh, put, you know, passionately uh, been fighting here on, on Twitter and on Facebook and all over social media. Uh, he's been trying really, really hard to get the, the, the release of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And um, I'm putting aside my bias. I'm joining the fight. The, 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 I, w- I wouldn't say resistance because, you know, I'm not going to resist anymore. The anti-resistance of the Snyder Cut. And, you know, I think that's what we would call it. Like, the pro-resistance. Yeah, yeah, the pro-resistance. Yeah, the proactive. <laughs> yeah, pro-resistance. I like that. Yeah, right. That rocks. I'm making my own words up, people. That's, that's what I'm going with. Pro-resistance. So, um, you know, me, Zod, and maybe like four other heads that are like, looking forward to a Snyder Cut, uh, we're all going to get together and we're going to like march down Washington with signs and promote the release of the Snyder Cut. We're going to do a change.org to promote this thing. This has to come out uh, mostly because I want to see how bad it is, and I want you yeah. know, I, and, and I want Zod to like stop talking about it. So I want this. I, mean, I want this to go out there. I want everybody, everybody who listens to this show and podcast, listens to it live. All five of you. Uh, I want everybody who's here now to understand that I am a hundred percent behind the Snyder Cut, and from here on out, I am in full support to uh, Zod Rider's cause and movement. And um, let's get this done. Let's let's get the Snyder Cut released. Yeah, I gotta agree. I mean, I, I actually, um, I think three weeks ago, I did a show with him, and um, my whole thing against it was I didn't know Zack Snyder was down to do it. I thought it was incredibly cruel of his fans to beg him for to go and revisit like what was possibly probably the worst thing that he ever went through. Um, while filming that film, but I didn't know that he was actually Zack Snyder himself was down with um, making the Snyder cut. So if Zack's down and it'll get the people to shut up and it'll give me something else to laugh about, like yeah, man, I see no harm in putting out a director's cut. And it, it might be better. I mean, like I hate the Ben Affleck movie Daredevil, but the director's cut of it is actually almost watchable. So maybe, maybe this can work that same kind of magic. I don't think so, but maybe. Well, I mean, it, it has hopes. Let's let's be honest. Uh, Men of Steel was horrible. Uh, Batman vs Superman was worse. So, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, it, it, it can't be any worse than those two movies. Jason Justice, what do you think? Um, release it. Let the people decide. Right. I like ketchup on my burger. Some people don't. Mm. I mean, just let let it fly. I mean, if people are trying to push it, somebody likes it. So, fuck it. Let it fly. See what the people say. I'll watch it. Not only that, I, I haven't seen this much passion in Zod Rider in years. And, I mean, he really, he really to. wants, you know, for this to come out. He wants to see this. I think he wants to see this more than, like, what happens after the, the snap in the Avengers. <laughs> Well, definitely for him. He's on this whole kick now that he's so mad that people don't like the DCEU that he's like all, ooh, but Marvel. He's like one of those guys that hates Marvel now because his side can't make good movies. So, like, especially when we're talking about Zod Rider, he's definitely on that level. 
He sure is. Well, some would say that Wonder Woman was a good movie. I, I mean, it depends on what your definition of good is. Uh, I mean, I like Wonder Woman. I like, yeah. I like Suicide Squad a lot. That's actually my favorite so far, the DCEU. I have high, 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 high hopes for um, Shazam. And I'm hoping Aquaman is what, a movie. You know what I mean? I just hope Aquaman's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> he talks to fish. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and no, and let, me, let me correct that. He doesn't talk to fish. He feels what fish feel. He can telepathically uh, give them coordinates to certain things. Uh, but he doesn't really, like, he, he can't sit there and be like, hey, so, uh, uh, Hammerhead, uh, are you and the uh, group over here going to catch the uh, show later tonight at the quarry? No? No? Uh, you guys going to go down to the, the valley and uh, do a little man fishing? No? No? What are you guys doing later on tonight? Like, he can't have a conversation with fish. But he can kind of, like, he, he's almost like a radar and, and like a GPS device for them, like, in that kind of sense. So he's even more useless than you would think. Is he? Is he going to ride a seahorse in this movie, though? So that's going to be the clincher. Like, if he rides a seahorse, then that's going to be gangster. I, that's I might make be the whole interested, yes. Thing. I might be interested if he rides a seahorse. <laughs> I agree. My question is, my question is, are they going to use the talk bubble so they can talk? <laughs> that's the important part. Are they going to use that? That's the most important part to me. So, let's see how this works. I think that's a big old negative no. Not watching it. Though. Yeah, because like they seem to have a they seem to have a hard time with that. Like like in the crow movies, they can't have the bird talk to him. Like in the comics, it's like why not? It's not that weird. Like why can't the bird talk to him? Like the it, guy just came the, back from the dead to avenge his own death and the death of his girlfriend, and you don't want the crow to talk. You're an idiot. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Right? That's too far. But honestly, why did he just walk up from the dead and the crow can't talk? Thanks. Well, and, and the, the crow talks to them telepathically. Yeah, well, the thing was, was, like, it didn't really have, like, the bubble with the fin going to its mouth, but, like, it still, like, had words, and, like, they, they and then Eric Draven would speak to it, though, which, I, it makes it confusing, I guess, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. That's like Scooby-Doo, man. Yeah. Well, no, Scooby actually, you know, he tried, you know, like. I think I think that was just a figment of Shaggy's imagination, and they well, just put it on yeah. just to make you know. Shaggy was a pothead, for damn sure. So Absolutely. Man, if his dog was talking to him, he was eating shrooms or something. Man, he was doing more than pot. Oh, he was on shizzle. He was on that good shit lollipop. We got more news coming up after the uh, hour, guys. Uh, let's do our top ten list before we hit break. And uh, with that said. Uh, Top 10 list tonight, once again, is favorite top 10 the one liners, quick liners, funny, serious, whatever you guys want to do uh, from movies and movies only. Uh, kicking it off uh, with, and I'm, I'm a surprise with it this week, Johnny Alpha. Go for it. Okay. My first four are going to be from Deadpool 2. Okay. At number 10, I have, You're so dark. Are you sure you're not from the DCEU? At number nine, I have, <laughs> he even runs like a pervert. 
At number eight, I have, hey, hey, pump the hate breaks, Fox and friends. At number seven, I was fighting another caped badass until I found out his mom's name was Martha, too. Okay. At number six, I have, are you going to bark all day, little dog? Are you going to bite? From Reservoir Dogs, I got, at number five, do you fly, Bobby? From RoboCop, one of my all-time favorites. At um, number four, I have, come on, apes, do you want to live forever? From um, Starship Troopers. At um, number three, I have, fuck you, asshole, from The Terminator. At number two, I have, yippee-ki-yay, from Die Hard. And at number one, I have, snoochies boochies from Clerks. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. Damn it. It's a great one-liner. I love that list, by the way. Uh, let's see, next on the round table, the one only Mr. Cold Cuts. What do you got for us, uh, for your top ten there, uh, Jason? Uh, silence? He'd be writing hard right now. I'd be like... Writing <laughs> <laughs> him down fast. He, he's, he's like, <laughs> take it on the top ten. Take it on the top ten. Holy shit. Holy shit. He's like a kid that didn't, didn't do his homework and he's going to bust that now like with uh, my dog in my top ten list. Yeah. I got jumped by this gang and they were looking for top ten lists. <laughs> so I got jacked, guys. <laughs> Jason Justice, uh, give your list ready any more time. Well then. Maybe his audio died, I don't know. Like I know he was on mute. Maybe he's still on mute and he's actually giving his top ten list. No, yeah. relax, man. Like, I haven't up. started yet. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was trying. Well, I was trying to let, do three things at once right now. Let me let me explain something to you, sir. Dead air when you're doing a podcast or radio is not good. <laughs> hey, 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 relax, everyone. So someone tells you it was it was it, it, was, it was either that it was either that or you had a a, a police siren blaring. One of the two. Oh, at least you could have taken one of the two. At least that, that would explain what's going on. I mean, and it's not like, well, maybe the zombie apocalypse hit his yard first and he's the first guy. So no. Nah. I, I don't know what's going on. All right. There you go. go. Good stuff. And just, go just, you know. My know. first line is, know. number but, 10 is, I'm but, here to chew bubblegum and kiss ass, and kick ass. Excellent. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Yes. From They Live. And then number nine is, Confronted with their true selves, men, most men, run away screaming from the never-ending story. Uh, what we have here is failure to communicate from Kuhan Luke. Uh, one of my favorite lines, number seven. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is a war room from Dr. Strangelove. Uh, number six. Do you feel lucky? Well, do you? Punk. From Dirty Harry. Uh, number five, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. From Apocalypse Now. Uh, number four, of course, here's Johnny. Classic. Love that line. Yep. Yes, super classic. Uh, number three, another classic line. They're here. Every time, I'm, every time I see a TV with freaking snow static, I think of that. Uh, number two, it can't rain all the time from the crow. Yep. And my number one line, tell me something, my friend. Did you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? 
tens. My top ten. That is an amazing top ten, especially the last two. The the you know it's funny because they both almost made my list, but I went a little bit in the opposite direction, and I have actually signed an autograph uh, picture of Ernie Hudson from the, the Crow, and he wrote that it can't rain all the time, Ernie Hudson, and uh, it's one of my prized possessions. I actually, have that photo on my wall framed, and uh, it's funny because me and a, a friend who was over earlier tonight, we were looking at it, and then, right next to it, there's a picture of me and Ernie where I met him at a convention, and uh, there's a whole funny story behind that, and I love the crumb, I'm a big fan of the Crow, Ghostbusters, and Ernie Hudson, uh, shout out to them, he's a, an amazingly amazing, great dude, he's super, super nice, uh, in person, and to interviews, it was a blessing, but uh when it was funny when I when I asked him for an autograph before he was leaving, he goes, uh, "I don't want to charge you, man. You know, you, you, you know, you've been really cool. We just did an interview and this and that." And I was like, "Well, that's even better. Don't charge me because you know why are you going to charge me? He's charging like twenty bucks for autographs. I don't want to waste twenty bucks, even though it's only Hudson and I love you. If I can save twenty bucks, I'm going to save twenty bucks." So he was like, "Pick whatever picture you want from it. This is from his booth at the convention." True story, and they go, you know what? Everybody will pick a Ghostbusters related, you know, photo. But I'm a huge Crow fan. I gotta get that. And he and he goes, oh man, this is a good one. Check this out. And he had an extra copy that on the very top of it had the actual autograph of James Obar that he had signed. Nah. And this is like one, you know, a one and only copy. He said, you know. Uh, he just signed this uh, for him earlier because he was he was around. And he had signed a bunch, and he had kept like two or three copies that were signed by Obar. And he just he goes, "Here, I'm gonna read you this for free." And he wrote, "It can't rain all the time." Slash Ernie Hudson. And uh, again, I framed that. That's on my wall. There's a lot of things that I'm gonna get rid of uh, as I move on to a, a project I'm working on. And I got like around my home. There's a, a lot of stuff that I'm working on in the next uh, few months. But that's something that I'm never gonna get rid of. I might be buried when I die and with that picture in, in the casket with me. That's how prizable possession that is to me. Because one, I love the crow. You know. It, Brandon Bruce Lee were like my favorites, and uh, Ernie Hudson is one of the one of the greatest actors of his generation. God damn, damn it, I said it. Ghostbusters, The Crow, can't go wrong. Love you, Ernie. Great guy too, by the way. Where yeah, I mean, um, that scene where um Brandon comes into his apartment and he's like in his underwear and stuff, and he's still got his hat on. That's like, there's not really very many funny parts in that movie, but that one, it still cracks me up every time yeah. I watch it, man. And like, just the way that they too, they respond to it. I, it makes me almost think that that was, like, off the cuff and not, like, in the script because just how well it played out. And I'm, I'm like you, man. I'm, I'm, I actually have, like, somewhat of an odd obsession, especially with the original graphic novel. I have yep. the original four issues from Caliber and then the three um, double issues from Tundra, all autographed by James Obar. They're pretty much my holy grail of my comic book collection. Like, that's the only shit that I probably will never get rid of is those. I mean, yep. like, I am fanatical about it. Well, I, I go back with The Crow. I mean, I've been a fan for many, many years. In fact, Indio. Uh, Carlos, uh, could, uh, you yeah. know, testify to this. You know, Carlos, uh, Jason, yep. uh, back when, now, I, you know, I, I've known this guy since 1992, 93, when we were freshmen in high school. 
long time ago. Uh, he's, you know, the first day of high school, we, I had him for like, like four or five periods, and we became buddies ever since, and I've known him, you know, 20 plus years now. And, um, he used to like buy shirts. Remember, this is before the internet, right? And he used to buy like rocker shirts and different kind of like cool, like, you know, uh, shirts from like some catalog. And, he, and on the catalog, they had, like, hookups for, like, McFarland stuff or bar-related stuff, you know, like, different comic book-related stuff. And they had T-shirts of the Crow and comic books of the Crow because that, that was all gothic e rock, you know, related. And then here I am, I used to dress with, like, NWA shirts on, Tupac shirts. And, but still, I loved the Crow. And I ordered from the catalog a bunch of shirts and, and comics. And he's like, really? You, you, you like that? Comically, yeah, you're a fan of the crow, and I was like, dude, are you kidding me? I love the crow, and I, I had seen, of course, the movie before. I read the, the graphic novel. I saw the movie in theaters when it came out, and you know, I, I thought it was an excellent movie the way it was. Just imagine if he could have completed it and not have passed away. You know, with what thirty percent of it still missing from the end of the, the production. So, I mean, a, a, a tremendous tragic loss. And the movie would have been so much better. But, uh, you know, that's what, it's funny because it's one of those movies that I've never wanted to see redone. But, uh, right. you know, yeah, you just, I would leave that alone. And if you're going to do a crow, do a completely different character. And don't do Eric Draven. If you're going to, if you're going to do it, get somebody that's just in love with it, like Alex Proyas was, man. Because the visuals he created for that film, like the miniatures and just the cityscape, I mean, it was so just disgusting but beautiful at the same time. I mean, it's just such an immaculate, beautiful-looking film. That's why I'm kind of weirded out about Proyas' new films, because they're all bright and shiny. And I'm like, dude, you did Crow and Dark City, and like, oh, man, those just nasty gothic structures and shit you had in that movie were... It was so vivid, lovely. It's funny because some of the the, uh, the the you know town and the miniatures and some of the stuff that he used as props for the crow carried over to Dark City, and eventually they even used a little bit of, of, some of the scenery in the Matrix as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So that's how good it was. Where they were reused in other films, even to right. the by the Wachowskis, which had nothing to do with. The crow or, or the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Matrix trilogy is basically, well, the Matrix trilogy is basically just Dark City done more cyberpunk than, um, than psychic. And, it, but it's the same story. But if you watch the Matrix trilogy and then watch Dark City, it, but it's all just done in one film and done much better, even though like the first Matrix film could be said to be better than Dark City. The way that the story plays out in the one movie, I think, is better than how it does in the three so, yeah. the Matrix films. Yeah. But they're actually very closely related films if you check them out and, um, oh, yeah, and look for it. Look for it. Yeah. Google this stuff, guys. I mean, he's not kidding. It, 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 they're definitely uh, pretty much the same film. But now let me get into my list here. This is a good segue to my top ten uh, list. Here we go. Uh, number 10, and like I said, I went a little bit off of the reservation with some of these uh, top 10, uh, because I want, I, I want to avoid the common one that we would, you know, common stuff we would use on the round table, like the people that listen to the show, uh, even though we take a lot of hiatus breaks, hiatus, uh, you know, if you listen long enough, you're going to see some of the stuff that we, you know, we, we speak about and we reuse every once in a while, and things we love. And we talk about it, but uh, I want to go a little bit off of that. So I started off with Human Sacrifices, 
dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Of course, we're talking about Ghostbusters 1984. Start off with that. Epic line. Yep. Classic. Good one. I have to start with that. Just it's a little bit different, but you know my love for Star for Ghostbusters. Uh, I love both of the original ones we just talked about, Ernie Hudson. So Ghostbusters nineteen eighty four, one of the best one liners ever. Once again, human sacrifices, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Think about that. Ghostbusters. Number nine. I'm your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. Spaceballs, 1987. What does that make us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Remember that. Number eight. There are 106 miles to Chicago. We have a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. We are the Blues Brothers, 1980. Just remember that? No, a little too uh, far back for you. No, I haven't. I'm just going to let you roll through your list. I, I'm not trying not to interrupt, but yeah, no, that's one of my favorites. Actually, that's the only one of the, the series that I actually like was the first one. So Yeah, yeah that, that's it. After that, forget about it. Uh, let me see. Number seven, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Airplane, 1980. <laughs> uh. Let's see. Number five. Oh, no, 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 number six, I'm sorry. Number six, your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of edelberries. No? Nobody knows that, sir? One, two, five, three, sir. Three. 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 Quest for the Holy Grail. Yes, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, 1975. So I went far back on that one. Number five on my list, this is not Nam, this is bowling. And there are rules. The Big, the Big Lebowski. Lebowski. Yes. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> 1998, The Big Lebowski. Number four. You want a toe, dude? You want a toe? No. <laughs> it really pulled the room together there, dude. That, that, that movie is just so full of great one-liners. Um, right. Oh, man. One of my all-time favorite mockumentaries, documentaries, comedies, whatever. These go to 11. Spinal Tap. Yes, yeah. this is Spinal Tap, nineteen eighty four, and uh, one of the again one of the funniest movies. But most go to ten. Well, yes, but this goes to eleven. <laughs> that movie is just uh, you got to watch it. You've never seen Spinal. This is Spinal Tap. Like you know, a friend time that was over at the house, he had never seen Spinal Tap. And I'm like, you've never seen Spinal Tap. I want you to go home tonight and get Spinal Tap. Watch it. You have to, like, at some point in your life, you have to sit down and watch. This is Spinal Tap. You just got to do it. It's, yeah. It's Stonehenge is one of the greatest metal songs ever, ever man. Ever. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Stonehenge <laughs> rocks, man. It's like one of the greatest songs ever written. I agree. In fact, if Zod Rider was on the show, he would say pow pow. I agree on that. Uh, number three on my list. <clears throat> and this is uh, one of the greatest one-liners ever. There's only two things that hate in this world. People who are intolerant to other people's cultures and the Dutch. Austin Powers. Gold member, 2002 Austin Powers. That's correct. And 
Let's see, number two on my list, and this actually sums up my life a little bit, and uh, this is from 1978. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Animal House. Yes. Animal House, 1978. Great one, Lander. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Just saying. <laughs> and the best one-liner. Oh, do you want to say something about that, uh, Johnny? Oh, no, I just was saying it kind of reminded me of somebody from New Jersey, but never mind. It's not important. <laughs> Shots fired. Well, I don't drink anymore, but that dude does. So, yeah, yeah it resembles him a lot more than ten. But anyway, moving on. My number one favorite one-liner of all time from any movie. It's, and look, I avoided Star Wars, guys, okay, because I don't want to just make this a, a top ten Star Wars list. I could have easily gone that way. But I cannot look any other direction and, and not give this one. I'm Cuban. Say hello to my little friend. 1993, come on, Scarface. Kill it off. You know, say hello to my little friend. My little friend. That's it. That, folks, is my top ten. That's my favorite top ten one-liners. And if I have to give a quick one-liner, uh, you know, uh, they almost made it and kind of just, you know, say, yeah, this, this is almost as weird as number 11. I would say, uh, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, no. Back to the future. There you go. McFly. What did you make like a tree and get out of here? It's get. <laughs> it's why don't you make like a tree and leave, you idiot? That's it. Like, put three, right? Or put two. Nice. Isn't that when old Biff list. meets the young Biff and points like when he when he corrects him? He's like, "It's make like a like a tree and leave." You sound like an idiot when you say that. That's of course after Biff has said it already a, a couple times. And with that, guys, we're gonna go to a quick commercial break here on the round table. We shall return with some more interesting news, and then we're gonna give the top ten box office results brought to you by boxofficereport.com. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. 
Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities. Welcome live musical guests. Present fascinating feature segments. And take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. Back live on the roundtable show. That is correct. Yes, www.psn-radio.com. Playing live the roundtable show with myself, Angel Jackal Espino, of course, Mr. Johnny Alpha, and Co Cuts Jason Justice. Bless you from the roundtable tonight. Is the one and only, the impenetrable. Sometimes. The uh, you know late to the show type of guy, but not tonight because he's just not here. Zod Ryder, we miss you, but uh, I'm sure somewhere in Illinois, you're uh, you have good reason for not being here tonight. But uh, hopefully he'll be he'll be with us next week and we'll have a full panel. Uh, coming up uh, this week, we got Skywatchers Radio Live. We have uh, a lot of shows still on PSN Radio that are performing live. So guys, please go to the website. Check out what's going on on the uh, you know the current you know uh, show section on the website, and uh, you know subscribe to our channel on YouTube. It's going to start posting more stuff for the Epic Roundtable Show that you're listening to right now. We got a bunch of videos we're going to start posting up on there, and uh, I know that Johnny was impressed with one of ones that I posted recently. You're going to see more stuff like that, and uh, even more quick clips and all kinds of goodies that I'm going to be adding to our own personal. YouTube page, which is roundtableshow.com, and our you know YouTube page companion to that website. Uh, again, you can link right through roundtableshow.com into our YouTube uh, channel, and you can see all the video content we're going to be uh, putting up on there. But it all starts on psn-radio.com. That's where you can listen live every week, Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern till midnight. And sometimes a little bit over if you want to go a little bit over or not. Again, starting January, and this is very important, I want to start saying it now. The Inside the Jackal's Head is returning. Uh, you know, willing my voice continuing to improve, as you guys can see. It's, it's slowly starting to come back. Uh, if it gets better and better and better, uh, and by January, I'm 100% ready to go. Inside the Jackal's Head will return fully live 
on podcasts on PSN Radio. But uh, every Tuesday nights now, uh, the host of Skywatchers Radio is Seth, um, you know, a.k.a. Alan Weiler, and uh, he's on there as the main host every Tuesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, so check him out. And uh, there's going to be a lot of other uh, live content on the network here. But until uh, there is more stuff to uh, plug, we're going to get to more news. We have, of course, our man John Yaffa, who is live with us on the roundtable, and he's got more stuff to talk about. So, Johnny, what else do we have on the roundtable to speak of this week on the Epic Show? Well, like you said, man, Zod Rider's missing, and I kind of wish he was here yes. for this little tidbit of news because Sad. this is hysterical to me. Like, um, it just it was finally released that um, at one point um, in um, for huh. the Justice League film, Zack Snyder approached Mark Wahlberg to play the Green Lantern. Take it away, guys. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Well, here's the thing. Which version of the Green Lantern? I'm uh, pretty sure Boston, he wasn't going to be Boston playing John Stewart. I'm <laughs> pretty sure he wasn't going to be Boston John Stewart. Version. It's the Boston version. <laughs> he's going to be the Boston version. I'm pretty sure version. it's pretty sure it's going to be Hal, but... Okay. John Leoff, you, you go ahead. I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing Hal. Oh, I just think it's hysterical. I mean, like, oh, dude, like, does he... Does he have any intuition when it comes to casting at all? I mean, like... Oh, dude, do they, do they want to recover from the Ryan Reynolds Lantern movie? I mean, like, I'm so happy that this kept it under wraps because at least, in, even though this doesn't change my mind about the release of Snyder Cut like we talked about earlier, this is just funny to me. It's like, how could we do worse than Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill? Oh, I know, we could get that guy that was in the... Was it the Knowing? Was that the name of the movie where he with the evil tree bark when Mark Wahlberg had to fight the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Was that the Hammer? The happening. That's right. I knew it had a. Yeah, let's get that guy to play the Green Lantern because he's obviously the most. <laughs> this is just when I saw this, I, I lost it. Like you, were, I went to go look for news when you said we was doing a show tonight, and oh man, this is like on all of the on Collider, on Screen Rant, all the places I was looking. I'm like, oh man, it's just not gonna let me go. I'm gonna have to mention this on the show. And oh dude, like I almost, I'm almost sad it didn't happen. I mean. I'm going to shock you in a second here, but Jason, uh, what do you think of, of this news? I mean, okay. <laughs> like, I uh, mean, that's not the, the best choice. <laughs> it's not the best. It's not the best. It wouldn't be my first choice. I mean, because, look, my Warburg has made some good movies. I like watching some of his movies. Not all of them. I like some of them, but he always plays a dude from Boston, like, He's always, every time I see him, he's a dude from Boston. Like, I can't get that out of my head. Like, every time I see him, that's what he is. So I'm just going to watch Green Lantern. It's going to be, you know, that green suit's going to have a freaking Celtics logo on it, probably. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's probably going to do that. Like, that's what's probably going to happen. So, I mean, I'm going to watch it, but uh, like I don't think he'd be great for it, but so whatever. You, yeah, you guys are thinking one dimension. Are you thinking about maybe Hal Jordan, right? And yeah, then, yeah. I'm going with actually, and it, this is funny. They several weeks ago, um, and shout out to Cali guy. He could probably uh, 
confirm this. If you guys, if you guys ask him, Alex 2.0 can confirm this also. Um, I made a meme, and I'll show it to you guys in a minute. I'll look for it. Uh, and ironically enough, I swear to you, this is not something that I did because I had knowledge that this news was going to come out. It just randomly hit me that Mark Wahlberg, if you're going to put him in any character of any DCU character, Marvel character, the only character I could see him playing is Guy Gardner, the Green Lantern. And I made a meme with his face over the Green Lantern. If you, if you read those comics, if you're a you know, Green Lantern fan, and you know the the humor of Guy Gardner, and you know the way that Mark Wahlberg acts, you can almost like picture it like perfect in your mind, and it, it sells itself. It really does. And then to read this uh, a couple weeks later, um, and, and not even read it, have you read it? It, I mean, it blows my mind. This is actually not only me thinking about it, but others has thought about Mark Wahlberg as the Green Lantern. But I'm not going with Hal Jordan. I'd go with Guy Gardner's Green Lantern. And uh, as Hal Jordan, I mean, I would, actually I like the idea of like a Tom Cruise or somebody along th those lines who was uh, a little bit more action-oriented. But the Guy Gardner version of the Green Lantern? Come on. Are you serious? Like, Mark Wahlberg was born to play that character. Born, I say. He's still a dude um, from Boston. That's a, yeah, that's Jason no blew point. my mind. I just, I just see the Green Lantern suit with the with the thirty three Larry Bird on the back. <laughs> yeah. <of it. laughs> yeah, yeah. But what He's eating you a hot dog. I'd pay hard money <laughs> to see that. Are you kidding me? I didn't say I wasn't gonna see it. I'm just telling you that it might it might just have a Celtics logo. I don't know. <laughs> it, <laughs> just is, there, saying, man. is there anything wrong with that? Don't think about it though. Think of the possibilities as Mark Wahlberg as Guy, you know, Guy Gardner. Just think about that. Yeah, yeah, Massachusetts needs a superhero. I mean, look at how look at how well New York is protected. The they already got Tom Brady. They don't need nobody else. They got Tom Brady. That's well, the only you? superhero they need. See one of the Brady bunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all yeah. they have. They have Tom Brady. That's uh, that, you know, there, there's uh, a whole lot more than just Tom Brady. Yeah, Matt Damon's from Massachusetts, he's, and he's kind of a superhero. Matt you asked him up. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is in the. Well, the thing is, it's like Guy Gardner. It's a neat idea if they were at this time. Like this was when Snyder was still doing it. So, like, even if they did Guy Gardner, he'd be like the tortured, angry Guy Gardner that, like, his mom's name's Martha, and he he just doesn't like Superman for some reason or something. You know what I mean? Like, he's just going to have to be moody for no particular reason because that's just the way the characters are in his movies. So, ah, oh, man, I would I would like to see Mark Wahlberg try to play like an angry, furious like Snyderverse. Now you're, ca because now you're catching on. Now, exactly. Now you're catching on. Now imagine you, you, Guy Gardner's sense of humor from the comics. Also, cause he, you know, while he was tortured, he, he does have a wicked kind of like Bostonian almost sense of humor about him. And I think that the, the facial expressions alone, and besides, there's a good chance we might get to see the, the red-haired uh, Guy Gardner from the comics, and who would not want to see a ginger Mark Wahlberg? 
Mark, Ginger Mark Wahlberg with the bull haircut. Yeah, dude, like that. That's a right? think picture. Of, that think about that with the bull haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like Lloyd Christmas and shit. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> with a 33 Larry Bird logo on the back. <laughs> that's right. Eating a hot dog. Uh, okay, now I'll I, I let you guys have, have your laugh, okay? I'm going to show you the actual meme that I created uh, from one of the comics, and then I'm going to post this so everybody who's listening can, can actually bear witness to my own personal creation, okay? And I'm not joking when I say this. I made this, okay, guys? Check out your Skype, as I'm going to go post this on the uh, Facebook page that we have it for all our listeners. Because, yes, we're, we're going to promote that for a second here, guys. Uh, you guys found that on your uh, Skype there? Yeah, I'm seeing it. And all I can think of is the Andy Samberg skit where he imitates Mark Wahlberg with the whole, say hi to your mom for me thing. I could just see Guy Gardner saying that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You just broke this movie for me. You should have never said that. Because now that's all I think about right now. That's all I see. Uh, oh, uh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm, oh, gonna, I'm, gonna say, I'm just going to let you guys stare there for a minute. Just just look at it and laugh. Cause... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that hairdo. <laughs> yeah, that hairdo. You know what? I think the hairdo is the price of admission on that movie. If they do that. Just you know the hairdo will be worth the price of admission. Now, so anybody who wants to look at the photo, I just posted a picture. It's on facebook.com forward slash roundtable show. Now, I didn't post it, you know, any uh, caption or anything. I just posted the picture directly. Go there right now. You should be able to scroll down and see it. Again, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash roundtable show. Hell, I might even tweet it out later. That's how proud I am of this creation. Because it's, it's, it's wicked funny. You should definitely put it on the SoundCloud link for the for the episode when when it, you put that up for the archives, man. This needs to like be like a visual representation of this episode because. <laughs> yeah, there perfect, you go. It, it's wicked it's funny. Perfect. Yeah, wicked That's smile, wicked, wicked funny, smile. wicked smile, wicked smile, funny. <laughs> now I'm uh, not. It's not like I'm prepared for these uh, new stories that the Alpha brings in week in week out, guys. I had no idea that he was going to bust out with anything, uh, you know, related to to this, and that we were going to get into this conversation. But I literally did this photo because I found like the even the features on the actual comic to fit Mark on that face expression right there so perfectly. Like how even the colors of his face blend in with the skin in the comics. I mean, this was like I did that in about two minutes. That's how easy that was. It went it's terrifying. It went pretty yeah, hard. no, it just it just smooths right in, man. Like, like I, I even had to look at it to see it was like actually a regular face put on a drawing because it just looked <laughs> it just looked right. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. one of, it's one of those things that you just you, know, you can't make up. It just it just goes perfect with it, with it. Like when you see it, hey, guys, sir. it just it suits it. Hey Superman! Hey Batman! Say hi to Martha for me. Oh man. <laughs> 
So uh, who's this, who's this monitor uh, you guys keep talking about? Huh? <laughs> why, do you, why do you guys keep saying that name? <laughs> and you know, it's funny because uh, he always portrays like this tough guy type, you know, and he, he puts, he puts on that voice like, yeah, he always like, sounds like he's sensitive and like he's about to like break right. down over like some girl not texting him back. You know what I mean? It almost comes off. I hate to say it, but like I like a pussy. You know, type of kind of with this kind of like squeaky. Well, he gets all squeaky. You know what I mean? All the time. Like, there's no other way to put it. He gets squeaky. True. I blame, by the way, that style of acting to Kiefer Sutherland because if you watch a lot of his work, especially like Twenty Four. Love 24, I'm a huge fan. It's one of my favorite series ever. But if you look, if you watch 24, he's always whispering. He's always very, he's whispering, he's very low. And like he, it's almost like watching the, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy, where he's, you know, growling all the time, but he's whispering the entire time. And then as he, you know, gets louder with his whisper and then on the show, it's like the action gets more intense. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that while watching 24. If not, watch it again and you'll see what I'm talking about there. It's, uh, I believe Keith. I only seen the, I only seen the first season and then the South Park episode. And then, yeah, I remember Cartman when he was doing the Keith for Sutherland. This is apple juice. It makes me fart big time. So yeah, like, I guess you're right. Cause yeah. they had Cartman doing that when he was imitating Keith for Sutherland in that, uh, he's the, the snook and ultimate, the snook. He's the ultimate whisperer on film. I, I, Keanu Reeves does it a lot too. Like one of my favorites is like in the Matrix when he's like outside and like New, uh, Morpheus is telling him to to um go on the catwalk and he's just like he's like whisper yelling at him. No way, no way. It's like that's awesome. He's like yelling and whispering at him at the same time. Like, but then again, like yeah, nobody's as awesome as Keanu. We say that every week on the show. So yeah, exactly. Keanu is a lovely. Hey, Keanu is the Green Lantern. That would be badass. Like, I'd watch the shit out of that. Keanu bro, as I everything. just have a ring with power, bro. Don't All matter. Right. You put Keanu <laughs> and everything, and I'm 100 percent in. Don't matter. I'm hey, good. I'm a space cop with magic jewelry. Don't mess with me. I know kung fu. <laughs> I'm still holding out for Bill and Ted Three. That's what I'm saying. Make that happen, please. Please, please. I heard it was actually going into production. I mean, like they said, that the script was done, and like it's actually like kind of getting closer to filming. Which I'm down. Like I, I I've been down since 1994, or whenever like two came out. You know what I mean? I don't understand why they ever stopped making those. Well, yeah, that's true. They did, they did two of them. The second one, I don't think performed toward the box office. Remember Johnny Alpha? It's all about that. M O N E Y. And how much money they I, see, I, when, I, when that came out, I was a little kid. I, 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 I everything I knew about it was all my me and all my friends. We loved it. We went and saw it a bunch of times. You know what I mean? Like that, 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 that's all that mattered to me. And I, got, I didn't know if like if it did well or not. I have to look that up later. But I mean, I still watch it and like it. Like people try to tell me like, oh, it didn't hold up that well. I'm like, no, I just watched it last week. That movie's still funny as hell, man. Oh, like, I, I, love, yeah. I, love, I love both of them. You know, they, they both are. Hysterical. Remember, they even did a, a spin-off TV show, which lasted like half a season or five episodes or whatever it was, which wasn't that good. They changed roof years. I watched the, everything. I watched the cartoon. The cartoon was all right. Yeah. From what I remember, at least. 
But yeah, I remember the TV show, and I, I just like. I, I, when I was younger, I, I wouldn't watch the TV shows for movies because they didn't have their actors. Like, I wouldn't watch Alien Nation when I was younger because they had that Mick Jagger-looking guy instead of James Conan, and I was just like, that's not the dude. Yeah, but like, you know what? <laughs> the TV show is actually really good. I love the... the no, no, I watched it later, and it really was. Yeah. It, it's actually better than the movie. But when I was younger, that's kind of like the mentality I had. I was like, yeah. that, that dude looks like Mick Jagger. It's nothing like James Conn. They got the other guy to be in it. Like, why the hell couldn't they... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it was I mean, weird to me. Yeah. The dumb kid. No, but the, the, the TV show was excellent. I love both the movie and the TV show, even though it confused me because they're, they're essentially the same characters. They just changed actors for, for the TV show. But the TV show was really, I thought it was well done. In fact, years later, I thought it was a longer running series than it was. It was only like one season. And that's it. Yeah, that kind of messed me up. That's like kind of like when Fresh Prince changed and Viv. Yeah. You know what it was also? I think one of the reasons why I was confused on how long that show ran is because when they did that one season, they kept it running for like two or three years because it was, it was so popular they would keep running it over and over again. So I hadn't ever seen that part like two times over. Didn't they do a couple like event movies for it too? Like, well, or at least two hour episode, yep. like kind of movie type thing? Yep. yep. Afterwards as well? Yep. Yeah. That's right. It had that feel like the man. The show ran for years, but no, it's like one season. It's crazy. <laughs> well, there's only so much you could do with that story without like making it crap. You know what I mean? So I yeah, kind of respect I, it for I that guess. because that was that was during the day before. Like they kind of decided to like kind of have shows with um smaller runs, which is kind of like a, a newer thing, which I kind of like because I don't like when I watch too many shows that just drug out too long and they got really bad at the end. So, so I, I, I kind of. I, I hear you. Now, uh, guys, guys uh, ready for the next? Um, hold on, uh, guys. Again, if you want to check out the picture of Guy Gardner or Mark Wahlberg, go to uh, Facebook.com forward slash Roundtable Show, and you'll see the photograph right there. It's uh, by Jackal. That's uh, my tag on uh, the, the funny memes I create. Uh, but the, what's next on the Roundtable, there, uh, Mr. Jenny Alpha? Hit us with the news. Go. Well, like most of my top ten lists from the last hour, um, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Reynolds and his Deadpool films. And for his next one, is going to be X-Force, and he has just launched a really cool idea that he wants Hugh Jackman to be in the film, but not as Wolverine. He wants Hugh Jackman to show up in the film as Hugh Jackman. What do you guys think? <laughs> that is scarily brilliant, and I say that because uh, Hugh Jackman, as Hugh Jackman, can only play Hugh Jackman the best from any actor who can play Hugh Jackman. And if anybody can play Hugh Jackman better, I dare you to step up and, and prove that you can be a better Hugh Jackman than Hugh Jackman can be Hugh Jackman. But nobody can play Wolverine like Hugh Jackman. If he's not playing Wolverine, I'm still interested. I'm 100% in because it's Hugh Jackman and it's Deadpool 3. And, uh, you know, this is breaking the fourth and fifth wall, right, guys? I mean, this is all Deadpool. I love it. Right. Jason? I'm totally down with it. Yep. I'm totally down with it. I'll watch it. Like, if, especially if he's playing to Jackman, you know he's gonna make all kinds of stupid jokes at him about it. So, it's just gonna be fantastic. (laughs) I mean, just thinking about it, it cracks me up. Uh, Alpha, what do you think? Oh, yeah, just the possibilities in, like, the fourth wall, because he already kind of references 
Hugh Jackman and Wolverine in his own film. So the fact that like I, I, the jokes that the two of them are going to come up with each, with each other because Jackman has a very spry kind of wily sense of humor. So like if he actually lands him for this because Ryan Reynolds has wanted him in the first two films, but he asked him to come and play Wolverine. He thinks that he can actually get Jackman this time because he's not going to have to play Wolverine. He's not going to have to get buff. He's just going to have to show up as himself. And I, I hope I hope he does it. This, this will it'll just be classic you know what i mean like just the perfect fourth brawl wall break it'll even be better than just having that regular dude next force like how in deadpool 2 i forget his name peter or whatever just the dude with the mustache like this yeah, will even be, like yeah this would be, be more classic than that was dude yeah i'm down with that here's an idea have Hugh, have Hugh Jackman not only play Hugh Jackman, but also play Wolverine, and he comes in as both, and he plays both Hugh Jackman and Wolverine in the quick scene, like a crazy universe crossover, where you know somehow they're both in the same universe as separate individuals, and that completely blows Deadpool's mind, and he's like, wait no, a check, second. Check it out. Wait check it, it out. I, got, I was wrong. I got, you, Jackman, is not Wolverine? Go ahead, Justice. <laughs> no, no, dude, dude, dude. Remember, in Deadpool 2, he grabbed the, uh, he grabbed Cable's freaking Time Warper, and uh, he just grabs Hugh Jackman, and then they warp back to a scene that they had before. And he's like, look, is that you right there? And he's like, no, that's that's not me. What do you mean that's not you? But it's you right there. And you just go back in time. And they have an argument See, about him not being him. I can dig that. In fact, he doesn't even have to turn into Wolverine. They can just, like, CGI them into a scene of, like, origins or something. And if that would be even funnier because they could be like, wait a second, isn't that you? Uh, no, no. How about, it's not you playing, it's not you, you're Deadpool, right? It's not, no, no, heavens, no. We'll never talk about that again. And then they, they disappear from that scene. Yeah, that would be good. That would be pretty, oh my god. That's breaking like so many walls, that's fourth, fifth, maybe even six. Holy film. shit. Take on the sixth wall. Dude, we're, we're like, you know, we're destroying the film in general at this point. Like, how do you continue, you know, making movies after that? I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just at awe that they're going to keep on after part two, because part two is, it, dude, it's such just an insane film. Like, how it starts, and then, like, the, the whole middle part with the, the, the jail scene, and then, like, him putting together X-Force, and then what happens to all of them, which is hilarious. And then the whole, all the stuff with Cable and the, the racism jokes are <laughs> so good. Uh, so like, uh, and then the end, uh, and then the, especially the after credit scenes with the, with the return to origin and killing himself before he got to play Green Lantern and shit. Like, oh dude, like the fact that they're going to continue on and that Marvel owns Fox and this is still happening, which I think is beautiful because, um, as much as I liked Brolin as Thanos, man, dude, he was he was amazing as Cable. Like, I, I hate Cable in the comics. I've never liked the character, but he is probably literally my third favorite live-action comic book character in film now. Which, uh, and just to, to, to think that hmm. they're going to even go crazier by trying to bring Hugh Jackman in and... 
make all the jokes about the old films, which we're going to be honest, were terrible, which, you know, the, both of them are going to reference because Jackman's never been too quiet about how he felt about most of the films that he played Wolverine in. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to see the joke that they come up with. And if, if he if he's down and I, I really hope he is because I like Jackman, and like I don't want to see him disappear and just do crappy musicals like that P.T. Barnum thing. Oh, God, shut up. That thing was terrible. It was. I felt so bad for him, because I was excited. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see a Hugh Jackman musical, and I was just like, fuck, I shouldn't have went and saw uh-huh. a Hugh Jackman musical. <laughs> uh, you and, and you know, it's funny, because people are like, well, he's getting too old to play Wolverine. You know, he's up there in age... Bullshit, listen, look, uh, we have 80-something-year-old uh, Patrick Stewart who's about to play John Luke Picard in a spin-off series. He's going to get physical on that show, I'm sure. He's, he's you know, John Luke Picard, I mean, for crying out loud. And it, it's a Star Trek series. You're going to think he's going to do a little running around? And he's 80-something. So don't give me that Sylvester Jackson Stallone. Style. Sylvester Stallone's yeah, almost no, 80. But and he's still running. Yeah, but Tom- no, no, but Stallone is a freak of nature. Like Luke, Luke Stallone, come on. Tom Cruise is sixty. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is sixty. You know what I mean? Like, sure, they're only a few years older than Jackman, but I mean, like, come on, there's a lot of guys in the same age bracket that are running around doing all kinds of insane stuff. Like, look yeah. at all the shit that Tom Cruise did in this film, and oh, this is crazy. the oldest he's ever been in a film, which is kind of a stupid thing to say, but it, it, it's probably the craziest shit he's ever done in a film at the same time. It was what I'm yeah. going at. Like he's he's a fogey and he's jumping off. He's hanging on airplanes and it, it, it was pretty incredible. I hate to give the guy compliments, but he did some really really epic shit. So this whole thing that like oh he's sixty so he can't be it's like put that shit to bed, man. Like these fogies are putting that whole rumor to 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 shame, anyways. Dude, he broke nowadays. his ankle. In the, he broke his ankle in one scene, jumping from like one building to the next, or whatever it was in, in the new movie. So Tom Cruise, man, he gets a he gets a pass. He's a G when it comes to making movies. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, again, he, he, he jumped on Oprah's couch. Yada yada yada. He's Scientology. When it comes to making action movies, Tom Cruise is a goddamn G, and I got mad respect for him as an actor. Action star. I don't care what anybody says. I love. I don't care what he does. I don't care what he does outside of a TV or a freaking movie, movie screen. Yeah. But if if he's in if he's in a movie, I am watching it. You That's, know, it's just like that. When I saw the first uh, ever Mission Impossible, the first Mission Impossible movie, I thought that I saw in theaters. It was the first one. That scene where he's hanging like in the in the white room, I was from the wires. That oh yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. That sequence blew my mind back then. I can still watch that movie, and it's still great sequence. It, that movie is not outdated in any way. In fact, the, those movies got better as it went, went along. The the new one, I, from what I hear, is that it's an outstanding action movie. You still uh, haven't seen I it? I still haven't seen it. Oh, How the good, hell can man. I have seen it before you? Well, that's I'm, I'm way behind when it comes to my movies this year, but uh, I am going to see it because I love Tom Cruise. I wanted to see it in the theaters. That's why I haven't seen it yet. But um, it's one of those things where I am definitely watching it, don't get me wrong. It's not even on my yeah. bucket list. That's on my uh, got to do for sure 100% list. Because I'm a fan, I've seen all the other ones. Uh, but uh, again, if it's anything with Tom Cruise, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Because A, he keeps us entertained. B, he's a crazy motherfucker when it comes to doing the stunts. Uh, I mean, again, he broke his ankle, jumped up, and ran on a broken ankle. 
so the scene will not get fucked up. I am sorry if I get a, a hangnail. I'm crying like a little sissy. So, you know, my hat's off to Tom Cruise. He has proven himself that hey, even at his age, that man is a G. And you got to respect him as an actor, action star. You know, I, look, yeah, every once in a while he makes a bad movie. Who doesn't? Huh? Uh, well, what, you talk about the mummy. It actually wasn't that bad. It's kind of like Fan Dick. It's it's overhated to the point that it's silly. It really wasn't that bad. No, actually, I I, 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 I want to. I'm not that. I liked that movie. Yeah, it, it didn't do well at the box office, but it wasn't that bad. Was it needed? Yeah, it no. No. Was no. it needed compared to you know, considering we already had a mummy trilogy that they could just springboard their mummy franchises or their monsters franchises they wanted to, to do off of, and they could have an easier path uh, because you already have three hit films to you know guide you in that direction with that tone, and how you could have done a mummy four later on with Brendan Fraser if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, you, Lord knows, Brendan yeah. Fraser needs that money too. That you poor guy's I mean? so broke right now. And it would have been a lot easier. It would have been a lot, a lot easier, than, you know, remaking it and getting fans back in, involved. Who might have been fans of the, of the trilogy with uh, Brandon Fraser, but might not have been ready for a reboot. Because again, as the character, the, you know, the mummy, if depending on which one you, which story you tell, it could be good. The story that they told you with Tom Cruise, while it was good, it just didn't, I guess, appeal to a lot of fans. And, uh, you know, that's sad because it was a good movie. But uh, again, it's, you know. It, it, it suffered from the same stuff that Marvel did. They didn't actually tell you. They didn't. You didn't know enough about the Mummy Girl to like actually care. Like they spent too much time like on the crashed airplane and stuff. Like they didn't develop the actual monster. Which when you get to the end of the film, like Tom Cruise is basically Iron Man, uh, Iron Mummy. Basically, they were trying to build like superhero good guy monsters, which like that's basically like so. But like when you're watching the film the first time, you're like, well, right. how could, why am I supposed to care about this curse? You're not mm-hmm. explaining the curse. Like it, it kind of suffered from like the same thing like Thor two did. You know what I mean? You really didn't know or understand the villains. So it, that 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 the, the it's things like that that really sabotage a film. Whereas like sure, the Mummy two and three with Brendan Fraser were weaker than the first one, but that first one they yeah. really set up emo. They really set up like his his problems, and so like they could take liberties with the the, the second film, and the third one was just awful. So no, not, not, not only that, I mean, you could tell the story, say, twenty years in the future, where the son of uh, Brendan Fraser's character, the I forget his name in the movie, the last one, um, where he carries on like the torch. And then you can bring in Brandon Fraser if you want, but have him search for other monsters that it's not the mummy, like Frankenstein's monster. You can try to find if this monster is still out there, or or the Loch Ness monster, or the Wolfman, or whatever. And well, have that's him, a neat idea. You know, actually making actually making the kid from the mummy movies into right. like like a monster hunter, kind of like a quarter main type guy. Well, that's cool. That's, that's I never the, thought of that. But that's what the, that was the idea with uh, Tom Cruise's you know, character. That was going to be the gist of, of the building of this, the universe with him and, and uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They're going to be like the, the hunters for like the next uh, you know few movies because they were trying to do a monster's universe. They eventually they were going to go find Dracula 
and you know they're, they're literally going to unify the monsters from the you know, remember in the nineteen fifties and sixties those monsters. Yeah, they were going to do the the Universal Monsters, but they're basically right. going to like make them into the Avengers, the Monster Avengers type of Correct. thing. It's kind of like how I saw it, and yeah, like. Russell Crowe was the the Nick Fury. Um, Tom Cruise was like that's why I called him Iron Mummy because that's right. kind of what he turns exactly. Into. <laughs> like, I mean, which eventually would have just been like the Monster Squad. When we were kids, we, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. We were <laughs> so, I mean, they could, and that's something. God damn it! Why haven't you remade that in Hollywood? Oh, I, I'm happy they haven't. They'd ruin it. There's no way they could get away with the t- same type of humor. There's there's no good children actors around. Like, Monsters oh, no. that's perfect there's the way a, it is. A, I don't ever want to see anybody no. touch it. Uh, well, I, what I would say that about the Goonies, uh, Monsters Squad, I think it's easy we made. And there's a lot of, there's enough Monsters good young Squad's actors. better than the Goonies. There's, well, it depends on your point of view. I love the Goonies. I love Monsters Squad, but it... They're both kids' movies. I think the Monster Squad is a little easier to, to to reboot than the Goonies for sentimental values. Uh, but Monster Squad, uh, you know, it's a, well, it, it still holds up very well. I mean, I saw it recently the, the the DVD and it's so in great shape. Yeah, I, I, you know, a, a modernized adaptation will be kind of neat. Uh, yeah, and this could you know be that you know a, an adult version of the Monster Squad. They could have gone even with that route uh, for the Universal Monsters. Uh, there's, there's so many ideas that could have you know gone with, but to remake the Mummy this or you know early after a successful trilogy, because the, the, the trilogy was highly profitable. They made money, and you know they the they first have, two, yeah, the third no, one, it, nobody it, really liked. Yeah, but it's still, it still, it turned profit at the box office. It wasn't yeah. a bomb. So, it made money. It just made a little bit less than the first two. It wasn't as critically acclaimed. But it, you know, it's been long enough where they could say, well, we can revisit this universe. And instead of having to remake the money and waste money on that again, let's move forward and tell the story with this character. And now he's going on a different adventure. Say he's going to go find Dracula. You know? And you can bring Brandon oh, they want, they wanted to get Dracula. You know? They wanted to keep everybody's mind away from Dracula at that point. That's why they went with The Mummy, because actually that really awful Dracula Untold movie with Luke Evans, that was actually supposed to be like the first movie of this um, franchise. And then they, they, they kicked him off because everybody hated that. So the, the Mummy was supposed to be the new start of it. And No, I know that, but now if, not, if not Dracula, then go to a different monster, Dave Frankenstein's monster. Let's try to find where he's at. See what he's been up to the last 400 years. What's he been doing? You know? The Bride of Frankenstein. Let's see what she's been doing for the last 300, 400 years. Let's find out where she's at. You know, there's so, you know, there's so many different angles and directions that they could have gone with. And they chose to reboot something they didn't necessarily have to. I understand why, because they're trying to set a certain tone. But within these, you know, movies, uh, I think, it, especially for a company that's been kind of struggling with their movies, this would have been a better choice than going and just starting from scratch and spending all this crazy money. But again, Tom Cruise, I'm with you. I'm there. But uh, moving on, what else do we have in the round table? Because we are, are uh, short here on time and we get into the uh, box office results for the week. So what else do we have as news uh, related uh, there, Mr. Alpha? Well, um, 
they're saying that um, Doctor Strange 2 is going to be coming out, and it's going to be like one of the tentpole movies for the new phase, and that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to almost get kicked up to Robert Downey Jr. type money. How do you guys feel about that? Well, <clears throat> Jason, I'm going to let you uh, kick that off. Go for it. Um, I didn't even read that. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, why? Like, what's the premise to kick them that much cash? Well, the thing is, it's like they've been kind of been pushing that. If you watched Infinity War, they basically were angling for that type of thing anyways. They gave him so much screen time, and they really boosted him up. And I actually, right. like, I liked his first film okay, but, like, I'm actually, like, if he's going to be kind of the face of the, ne- the next um, evolution of Marvel... Um, I'm actually kind of down with that. I was a little worried about where they'd go after, like, they kind of started getting rid of people like Evans and um, Robert Downey Jr. in the movies. But, like, if they're going to be kind of giving it over to Strange and Cumberbatch, it, it's weird because his movie actually kind of didn't do too, too well compared to some of the other ones that came out in his phase. But his character was fucking badass in Infinity War, so I, I'm down, personally. I mean, I think it out. I don't know if he deserves all that cash, but... Well, he's not going to get paid as much as Robert Downey Jr., but he's going to become like kind of that that type of a uh, archetypal character for the franchise moving forward. That's what basically they're saying. He's going to get he's going to get a good pay raise. Well, this actually, you know, it's it yeah. it's good, this goes along a little bit with what they did early on. I mean, if you remember, uh, Nick Fury was that first face that everybody kind of associated with the Avengers and getting the group together. And then he kind of got away, you know, a little bit. And then Iron Man became that main stingy face that we see, uh, you know, putting things together and being that glue. Uh, so it only makes sense that maybe as he kind of goes away a little bit, uh, through either injury or maybe they kill him off, that they'll have somebody else to be that face. Because, uh, again, you know, that's how you progress the storyline. You don't want to get stuck with the same thing over and over and over and over again. You want to see me see him move forward. And I love Doctor Strange. I thought it was uh, a very well-written, uh, acted, directed movie. And, you know, some of the special, uh, special effects reminded me of Inception a little bit, but I had no problems with that uh, because of the acting and, you know, some of the uh, the stuff they did in there, uh, which was a little bit different from the comics, I understand. And I don't want to get into spoilers and talk too much about what they changed and this and that. But if you just watch it as part of what this, you know, MCU is, I thought it, it was really well thought out. And Cumberbatch is a great actor, let's be honest. Again, he's not writer's not here, so he can't bitch about him. He's know. not Mexican. Come on. Yeah, he's he can't Mexican. play. A, a, this character is not a Mexican-born actor. Sorry, <laughs> he, just, he can't do it. Even though this is an alien who's not, you know, Mexican. But yeah. Anyway, um, superpowered yeah. space man. Yeah, he needs to be a Mexican. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it has to be. But uh, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, he was, he was phenomenal as Doctor Strange. He's a great actor. Uh, I love his body of work. I really do. I think he's, you know, gonna be one of those actors that's gonna be around for a very long time. So making him like the central figure of the MCU going forward for a few films, I think that's a great idea. And then it'll change to the next actor and the next actor as they continue moving forward. And some of these actors you lay off because it demands in the, in the pictures, uh, because of like the snap or whatever the storyline goes into. 
uh, it's meant to happen until they reboot the entire thing. And that, I think, eventually will happen. I don't think it's going to be right, right now with Thanos. I think that's down the road maybe in 15 years around there. I think you're going to see a lot of the main characters that we've seen in the first two or three or four Avengers movies eventually start to die off slowly. This is why I laugh when I see stuff from, like, uh, Drax or uh, Batista. Uh, say that if you don't use Jeff Gunn, uh, a possible pedophile's script, or him as director, I'm walking. First off, Batista, oh. right? let, me, let me get into this for a second, guys. First off, uh, your character is not important. Okay? Um, if they want to leave you dead after the snap, hey, spoiler alert, fuck it, leave him dead, I don't care. Um, and here's the kicker. There's a lot of other great characters within the Guardians of the Galaxy universe that can easily replace uh, Drax. Well, I like the character. I like the way Batista's played him. I enjoyed the first two volumes. This whole thing that's going on with the, the cast defending James Gunn for past uh, pedophile-related tweets is beyond ridiculous. You guys are professionals. You have contracts. Your job is to make us laugh, make us cry, make us watch the movies, entertain us. Fuckers, go dance. You're a bunch of monkeys and dance. Go do your jobs. Stop being all political. This is not a political thing. It involves you. This involves the studio that made a choice because the director had skeletons in his closet that contradicts the spirit of the entire company. Walt Disney is a company based on children's related media, whether it's TV, movies, whatever. You cannot have a person on there directing films who might be a possible pedophile who is not only proven to make jokes about pedophilia, but he is known to correspond and is friends with pedophiles. This has been proven. He had a person who's been accused, and he, I think he was convicted in one of the, the uh, Guardians films. Uh, you know, he's tweeted back and forth with these pe- people. He's, you know, done, uh, like, pedophile parties where he's taking pictures and talked about Nambla. He's retweeted things that were tweeted by known pedophiles, and it's not in joking form. So when he says, oh, I made a few jokes, well, why did you delete thousands of tweets that had to do with pedophilia? It was just a few jokes. What are you really hiding, James Gunn? And look, nobody is saying that he's guilty of touching anybody or raping anybody. You know, there's been no trial. Nothing, but what Disney did personally, this is just me speaking, I understand it. I am fully in support of it because the house that Mickey built, the house that Walt Disney built, is a place for children to feel safe. It's a, it's a thing for children to grow up with and love, and you don't need, you don't need that stigma to go along with it. That we have, we also have that we employ pedophiles. On our staff, uh, you know, and that's potentially what this man is. And for the staff of Guardians of the Galaxy to go out of the way and say shit like that is ridiculous. Guys, you're actors, you're under contract, act. And if you don't want to be a part of it, hey, guess what, Drax, you're easily replaceable. Just remember that. Groot, 
is easily replaceable. Any actor can sit there and say, I am Groot. You don't need well, Vin actually, Diesel. Actually, Vin Diesel hasn't said anything. Mm. Uh, but I'm just so, saying, you don't need Vin Diesel for that one-liner, okay? You don't need the Bradley Cooper's of the world to play Raccoon Raccoon because he's not visually there. He's a voice. And you can get anybody to do a funny voice as Raccoon Raccoon and it'll, it'll sell. Uh, the other characters all easily replaceable. The only character you really would want to have return the actor is Chris you know, Pratt. Obviously because Star-Lord is the face of that franchise and you would want to keep that continuity. But he's been... Well, vocal, he's not been as hardcore as Batista. Batista's kind of like out of his way of saying, well, well, if they'll do this, I demand them to do that. Like, dude, slow your roll. You're not The Rock. You're not that big of a movie star. You can't be demanding shit. You're lucky you're in a movie. Period. I don't even think The Rock can command that kind of shit with how many fucking bad films he's been in this year, man. Did you see Skyscraper? I mean, talk about awful action films, but yeah, um, um, Back to what we were talking about, though. Like, I'm pretty sure that um, Iron Man's dead in Avengers 4, though. I mean, like, when they said that, like, oh, I'm getting married at the beginning of Infinity War, that's basically like Iron Man saying, like, dog, I'm dying in the next movie or this movie. And when he didn't die in this movie, like, I know that he's going to be... So, like, Iron Man's done. I'm pretty sure, because Evans' contract's up, and, like, they're not saying that he's coming back in any capacity in any films. So I'm thinking that him as Cap is done. He might pass it on to Falcon or Bucky, who have both been Cap in the comics, which either one I'll be cool with. Like, that that would be dope anyways if they have, like, um, the Winter Soldier Cap running around or Fal Cap. Um, so, like, the, 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 they're going to... They, there's plenty of places that they can go to from comics. There's actually a couple different people that can actually show up and play a new Iron Man as well, which they haven't set up in the film, but they can easily just bring him in and be like, hey, I knew Tony and like, I'm this character, and the fans will be like, oh, hey, they got a good actor, and it's the character yeah. from the comics, so, woo! So, I mean, like, um, and then Cumberbatch is going to be the guy that's going to be like, okay, you guys knew Tony and Steve, but you're not cool enough yet, so I'm going to take you on mystical journeys, and, and that's going to be how the Marvel MCU is going to be for a little bit, and fuck it, you know what I mean? After... After it being so grounded in Earth for so long, I'm actually kind of happy that they might be taking it to like more of the quantum realm and more to like the the mirror realm and whatever other realms they come up with. Because that's the cool thing about comic books is like as much as I like Street Level, they they go to space, they go to uh, hell, they go to you know right. what I mean, they go everywhere, which is which is epic, and that's that's what what we have to look forward to if this is the true news, and I'm I, I'm down with it. I think that's cool, and um. I think out of anybody that's stepped up in recent times, Cumberbatch is, like you said, the most seasoned, has the strongest body of work, and yeah, and I hope his sequel is slightly better than his first film, because as far as like a first solo film, like it wasn't as good as like Iron Man 1, that's, that's, that's the paragon, like the first, I want all the first solo films to be as good as Iron Man 1, like, so far, like, Batman and Black Panther are the only characters that actually had a good first solo film as Iron Man 1. Oh, and Guardians. Well, let me, let me springboard off of that real quick, uh, before we let Jason get his two cents. I know he has probably something to say. But let me just say that, uh, an idea that I've had for a long time is that all these characters, you know, remember this is the first time we really are getting an in-depth, uh, re- high production, 
uh, version of these characters, whether it be Marvel or DC, especially Marvel, with a lot of these characters. You know, we've had cheesy stuff in the nineties and whatnot. But I, you know, what, what I would love to see is them do a trilogy for each one of these characters. Like, don't do an Iron Man four; you don't need to. Just leave it as a trilogy. Don't do a Thor four; leave it as a trilogy. Don't do a Captain Four, it's a trilogy. What you need to do is get these characters and only bring them in every three or four years for an Avengers movie and spread that out and keep pumping out new characters and giving them their own trilogies. And just keep doing trilogies of different characters so you can build up these characters for trilogies separately and you can just keep pumping out new characters, new characters, and then you can make a group picture. And have different Avengers movies every few years when you bring in the all-stars of the Avengers, like the Captain Americas, who, hey, what has he been doing the last five, six years? He'll be in the movie. Well, and then there's other, there's also other teams they could bring in. They could, they could bring in the champions. They could bring in, you know, there's a couple different other kind of teams like the Avengers that, like, they can, like, have smaller, like, little team-up films with these well, now, other yeah, remember side groups, too, which one, would be a neat thing to kind of sprinkle in there, too. Now, now, but remember, there's only so much, you know, so many movies that you can put out per year. That I mean, that you, at some point you can't just keep pumping out like sequels to the same franchise. So you got to kind of give it a rest a little bit. And I know they want to continue pumping out stuff from like, especially now that they acquired Marvel, uh, they acquired, you know, or let's just say Fox acquired Fox. Uh, was acquired by Disney, and uh, now they own the uh, X Men universe. Deadpool, all these other properties. Eventually, they want to bring in the X Men into the uh, MCU. So, as you're going to do that, I mean, that's an entire universe in itself. So, if if you're going to introduce that into the MCU that you have now, at some point, the best way to do that is to have in one year a couple of uh, the Marvel, uh, you know, reboots of the X Men join in to the Avengers or one of the big group pictures or, you know, if you're going to bring in the old actors, which I don't think they're going to do, I think they're just going to reboot X-Men altogether. If you're going to do it that way, that's fine. Do an X-Men reboot with the all new Wolverine, the all new everybody that joins into the MCU. I'm all down for that. Now, if you're going to, but if you're going to do that, that route, there's only so many movies per year you're going to be able to put out anyway. So why keep rehashing and making a part four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, nine, ten, eleven? I mean, there's really no sense in going that route. So again, I would say to make it nice and sensible. Hey, instead of doing that, you know, stop at three. And then just I think that's kind of the plan, though. Yeah. I, I honestly don't think they ever had a plan of like actually doing an Iron Man four anytime soon. It's definitely not been put on their schedule or like been moved to any kind of production and heard of script ideas or anything for it. I, I kind of feel like you're like after like Avengers four, like a lot of the Phase one characters are going to either like greatly reduce like their presence or die off. You know what I mean? I really honestly think that Cap and Iron Man are going to die in Avengers four. Maybe Thor too, but I don't think so. Yeah, there has to die. But anyway, Jason, uh, what do you think? What's your uh, take on this uh, that we're talking about? Well, I mean, just stuff changed so quickly, like, and people don't like change for the most part. But yeah, I think they should, like, know, start killing people off. I mean, that's 
How are they going to progress the thing? Like you guys always say, how are you going to progress something if you don't, you know, knock off whatever is old and start putting it in <clears> Well, you don't have to kill them off exactly. I mean, for example, you, you tell, like, you know, stories uh, that, you know, don't, doesn't necessarily need all the Avengers. They, you know, especially, like, say, you, need, you got Guardians of the Galaxy. You know they protect stuff on the other side of the galaxy. They always want their own thing. But they show up when the Avengers need them because they're part of the crew. You know, the Thor is, you know, protecting, you know, Asgard. And, you know, you know, he, when he's needed, he's going to show up when it's something like this galaxy, you know, related and it's something the Avengers need him for. Captain America, you know, he's in hiding because of the government, you know, wanting to crush him. And, you know, there's always that, you know, kind of like shenanigans going on. Uh, and there's also a storyline where Captain America gives up the shield for good and, Bucky takes over, like you said, and there's other Captain America's Falcon, and there's all storylines that can go through there. While you know, while we have the main Steve Rogers Captain America in hiding, it could be where he was a Black Panther, it could be wherever you know he goes to next. Uh, but there's so many storylines that can hide the characters, and not necessarily kill them off. And you get to stretch that for another 10, maybe 15 years, until you completely reboot the, the entire universe, which eventually is going to have to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you want to kill characters off, you know, you go through the comic book route and kill, like, a Tony Stark off and hand the, uh, the Iron Man suit to somebody else and pass the torch along for Iron Man and have the next character who plays Iron Man not be Tony uh, Stark. You know, and, and you can do stuff like that. Uh, and again, and, you know, bring in X-Men. Bring in some of the, uh, the stuff you just acquired from, uh, the, four. Fox, the, the Fantastic, Fantastic four. four. I mean, we haven't seen what they're gonna do with them yet, and that's something that I'm dying to see because I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan, but I hate the movies. They, they've been god awful. The only, the only thing I've, the, the only thing I've liked Fantastic Four is, is the Silver Surfer because A, he's one of the coolest characters in the history of comics, and B, Doug Jones played them. I mean, how cool yeah. is that? I know Doug yeah, is a great homeboy. He's my homie, so, you know, just because of those reasons, I have a little soft spot in my heart for that character in that movie. But be realistic, they have effed up all the Fantastic Four movies. Every one of them. Well, I mean, and then you just brought something up. They could, they, they could like have the Guardians of the Galaxy hanging out on their side. They have them team up with like Silver Surfer, Nova, and something have some kind of weird Galaxy Avenger thing going on in space. You know, where they fight the Shi'ar Empire because now Marvel has that. They can use the, they can use the scrolls, which was tied up by Fox. So there's right. all kinds of cool space shit that just got freed up by the from the Fantastic Four things. That oh man, that just opens up all kinds of the cosmos pop. Um, ideas for taking the MCU into space more because a lot of that was tied up with the Fantastic Four, which is no longer an issue. Yeah. Well, do my people were asking, well where's the Hulk been? Well we saw uh Bregmarock he was kinda of trapped somewhere. He was being held captive for a little bit. So I mean you know, these guys get themselves into issues off camera. You know, and this is a way to completely stretch out and continue to evolve. Uh, we we got to remember something, guys. The way they're making these movies is like they're making TV shows, but on the big screen. 
So they're fleshing out storylines that are all interconnected and have something to do with, you know, each individual part. So you kind of have to see where everything goes, what, you know, relationship it has to do the property, to the canon, to what's, you know, comic book related, to how they're adapting characters, how they're going to, you know, bring in characters from other universes. I mean, this is something they're planning, you know, in phases, as we know. So where are they going to go next? Hey, I don't know. Uh, but, Johnny, do we have anything left on the round table before we hit the uh, top ten box office results? Because we got to go soon. Oh, uh, no, just uh, the last thing I had was that the, the guy that wrote Fan Force, Dick, apologized to all Marvel fans for how awful that film was, which is, like I said, it, it, it's overhated. Like, it's it's a bad movie, but it, it's not really that awful. It, it's You know what I mean? Like, I, I, the first half hour of it or hour of it isn't nearly too bad if it was called something else i'd have probably liked it half-ass you know what i mean but since it was called fantastic for it was a bit of a shit in the pie but whatever you know it's funny like there's something everybody who's a fanboy of a property says it was called something else i'd probably like it but since it's called fan four fantastic four it's a shit movie all right that's a, that's just a fanboy and you're talking and i completely understand uh just trank is what he's speaking about and uh well he apologized uh, it's a little late now in the game to be apologizing. The movie sucked. It wasn't that good. But it wasn't the <laughs> worst thing ever either. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. There's been worse films that Karate Kid remake. Uh, and there's been a lot worse. Electra. 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 No, no, it was worse. Movie. Spawn yeah. was worse. I mean, Barbed Wire? You know what I'm Barbed Batman and Robin. There's been a lot worse than, you know, that movie. So, relax, it's not the end of the world. Um, well, the movie did suck, I'm not gonna lie. Let's just, let's be honest and call the elephant in the room what it was. The elephant in the room. Why would you hire that guy? Huh? Miles Teller. I mean, like, I'm still baffled. Like, Mark Wahlberg would have been a better choice for Mr. Fantastic than fucking Miles Teller. Well, Again, Mark Wahlberg is a gem of an actor. Yeah, he can be like in Shooter, like Monster Man. He's got a couple like really fun films. I'm not gonna lie, but Green Lantern, <laughs> Full headed cut, Ginger Guy Gardner, played by Mark Wahlberg. Guy Gardner, guys, if you haven't yeah. seen the picture yet, I'm telling you, go to Facebook.com forward slash The Roundtable Show. You're gonna see it right there. It's an amazing thing to, to witness. You, you you have to see it. It's once you see it, you, you're gonna be like mind blown. That's it's brilliant. And now uh, that's all we have for the roundtable news. Now let's get to the top ten box office results. This again is brought to us this week by Box Office Report. dot com. Go over there, check out the website boxofficereport.com. dot com. Top ten, number ten this week. Mamma mia! Here we go again. Brought in three point three million at the box office, and it's uh, what in this fifth week of release. And mamma yeah. mia! I'm not a solid student, but uh, we're gonna get a third one, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah, but here yeah, we go again. Uh, you know, mamma mia! It has Andy Garcia. So again. It, Pierce Bros and Andy Garcia can go wrong. It's made 111 million, guys, and that's domestically, uh, 319 worldwide on a 75 million dollar budget. Mamma mia, it's definitely gonna get a third one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Yep. Can't wait for that. Yep. Number nine, and um, once again, this is my dude, Evan Sandler's Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation, a must-watch, but at $3.6 million, uh, it's on the sixth week of release, still in the top ten, which is amazing, yeah, $153 million domestic total, 272 foreign, 425 worldwide, on an $80 million budget. Kiss my ass, Adam Sandler still rules the box office. Take that to the bank. That's the real money right there. Turn the profit, made money, and uh, Adam Sandler's still uh, doing his thing. So, number eight this week, Slenderman with $4.9 million, And uh, that's on the second week of release. It's probably in a total now domestically of $20 million, uh, worldwide $21 million, So, Foreign markets are not being kind to Slenderman, to say the least. It's an awful film. Yeah, but look, the production, the like, production it is terrible. Like Sir Charles Buckley said, it's terrible. But it's uh, production budget is only ten million. It's at twenty million, twenty-one million worldwide. So a couple more million after you know production and their and promotional cost, I guess, which was very very small. They didn't spend a whole lot of marketing on this movie, but yeah, um, you know, a couple more million, and it's a, a profitable movie. So, a small studio, uh, you know, with us, you know, not a, a huge cast on a small release, that's pretty good for them. So, congrats uh, to them. Um, we turn the profit anytime. Yeah, that bye happens. bye man was better. Bye bye man was better. And yeah. that's a hell of a thing to say. Yeah, well, <laughs> bye bye man sucked. <laughs> You know, it's funny yeah. that this movie is based off of, like, a, a urban legend, which is, like, yes. 10 years old. You know, like, it's a stupid urban well, legend. Okay. It was cool, though. Like, you could do cool shit with Slenderman, but they didn't. They just made it into, like, a bad Halloween mixed with Bye Bye Man thing. It's like, you didn't do anything right. I mean, like, he's a neat character with cool metaphysical powers. Like, he only shows up on pictures, and like, but they don't do that with that. It's awful. Like, you could have made a, a neat Slenderman movie, even this late in the game. Even the, Well, because, like, Sci-Fi Channel, they got their show based off of Creepypasta called Channel Zero. They did, like, um, they did No End House. They did... Candle Cove and Butcher's Block, all phenomenal, really good horror seasons based off of creepy pastas. Like they should have just kept Slenderman for that, in my opinion. Well, Slenderman came in at number eight, number seven this week. Black Klansman, about uh, seven million exactly, <laughs> which is crazy. On its second week of release, Black Klansman. Just think about that for a second. Uh, it's printed total worldwide at twenty-four million. 23 of that here in the U.S., 1.9 on the foreign market. On a $15 million budget, it needs $30 million to break even. It's close to doing that. It's, it'll probably uh, definitely do that. Uh, depending on how much you spend on marketing, might be a few million more before it's profitable. But it's going to probably end up, you know, turning uh, at least a little bit of a profit. Uh, it's a Spike Lee joint, guys, with Topher Grace, uh, John David Washington. Yeah, it looks good. Adam Sandler. Looks good. Uh, you know, it looks say, it, Harry Belafonte, so I mean, it, it has a serious cast, and uh, Alec Baldwin is in this also, so. Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Is Alec he, does Baldwin. he play the leader of the clan? That'd be Probably. epic. Yeah, that would. Fucker in a clan. Uh, <laughs> no, the producers are uh, Jordan Peele and Spike Lee, so. 
It's not too bad. Jordan Peele is, is pretty funny, dude. Uh, but uh, I, I'm going to end up seeing a Black Clansman. It looks interesting. But uh, that's, uh, uh, let me see, number seven this week. It was number five last week. Yeah, number seven this week. Number six this week. And, uh, again, I have to see this. I'm behind, guys. At, at 8.8 million, Disney's Christopher Robin. And it was uh, three last week. It dropped to number six. And uh, worldwide, it's brought in a total of 89 million. It domestically brought in 66 million this week, or in total domestically, but worldwide it's at 89 million. Um, I don't know what the budget is on this thing. I don't think it's too high, but uh, it's got to look uh, Ewan McGregor. So I, I'm eventually watching this. I'm 100% sold on this, and uh, it's, yeah, it's a cute. It's Christopher Robin, man. You gotta, you gotta watch. If yeah. You, uh, if you have a heart and you like Tigger, you like these characters, Winnie the Pooh, I mean, you, you, come on. You gotta sit down and eventually. If you were a kid in the last 30 years, you have to have a soft spot. Well, character designs are great, too. They look like, they yeah. look like the actual drawings from the old A.A. Millen books more than like the old the Disney cartoons, which really kind of fascinates me, too, because I really like I like that kind of ragdoll look to the characters. I think that I think that gives them a little more character, which and it it, it kind of looks like Hook, but like a better version of Hook, like Hook if it didn't suck. So right. that sounds cool enough to me with you and McGregor. So I'm gonna check that out. The, the inner child of me is telling me you gotta watch it. Uh, number four this week, Alpha without Johnny in front. Alpha is a new release uh, by Studio Eight, independent release, about ten point five million. Good for it. It's on this first week of release, and uh, so far worldwide, it's uh, yeah, the ten million. That's the uh, total gist of it. Uh, on a fifty-one million dollar budget, so this is going to break over a hundred million to turn a profit. That's going to be very, very tough if it opened up at ten million. Uh, damn near impossible. So uh, they're going to end up losing some uh, some cash on this one, guys. Unless it has a oh, huge. I'm on our legs. Say that again, Jason. Yeah, it's just, that's unfortunate. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, well. Yep, moving on. I had Johnny. Never somewhere. heard of it. Yeah, well. Also, so you ever heard of uh, Johnny? You ever heard of Alpha? But you beat me to it. Uh, number five, and uh, again, this is, uh, what now? Four weeks of release. Still uh, making uh, its cash. Mission Impossible Fallout. That movie's awesome. And it's at 10.5 million this week. It is brought a total of 180 million domestically. And people are saying, wait a second, isn't that kind of low? Is that a bomb? No, guys, no, no. The movie costs 178 million to be profitable. It needs to bring it close to 390 to 400 million to turn a profit. Foreign markets performed really well through 20. It's still making money in the foreign markets. So a total of 500 million worldwide. This is already, you know, blown through profit margin. It's made a profit. It's turned in revenue. So they're probably going to continue to make more. 180 million is going to end up somewhere in the 200 million range domestically, which goes actually above some of the other uh, predecessors to, to this movie. So it's actually performing better than the last couple of movies, which are all in the 170, 180. I mean, the Mission Impossible movies, by, by no stretch of the imagination, 
have been movies that made 500 million domestically. That's the way these movies are. They won 50 to 200 million tops. And this is going to perform right on par with the rest of them. But that's consistency. And that's what you want from a franchise. And again, Tom Cruise has that built in for this. It has consistently brought in the same amount each time out. And it's grown in the foreign market. It's grown picture by picture by picture. It's grown in the revenue that's come in. That means the rest of the world has caught on and has embraced a, you know, practically an American Western uh, James Bond. That's what, yeah. that's what we have here. And yeah. it's been getting a, a ton of cash worldwide, more so than even here in the U.S., and that's impressive. So as long as that continues, hey, Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible, you're going to continue moving forward with more movies, and I love that. I love that idea because I, I can, I'm a huge fan. So uh, kudos to the uh, the entire cast, even Henry Cavill's mustache, huh? Yeah, Damn. especially Henry Cavill's mustache. Like he, sh- like I said, he should just keep that mustache. It's, it's perfect. Like I, he actually looks <laughs> tough with it too. He, which every, is every not something movie, I never thought I'd say. Every movie he's in, he should have that stash. It's like it brings some good luck. <laughs> right. Well, it's the first time he's ever been in, like, a number one movie for three weeks or whatever. So, like, good, it is. Yeah, it is totally like a horseshoe for that guy. (laughs) Number three on the list here, uh, let's see, the movie's called Mile 22, but in 13.6 million new this week, by the way. And uh, Mile 22 has something to do with 8 Mile, uh, but it has Mark Wahlberg in it, speaking of uh, Guy Gardner himself. Mark Wahlberg is in this. Isn't the dude from the Raid in that too? Isn't Uli from the Raid in that? I thought that that was the movie that I kept seeing him in. Mile 22. No, well, he's no. in Mile no. 22. No. Uh, it's him. Uh, let's see. John Malkovich is in this. So, hey now. Mal- yeah, John- no, I'm going I'm yeah. to skip it. John, <laughs> yeah. Hey now, John Malkovich. Yeah, hey, hey. He's a brilliant actor. And Ronda Rousey's in this, so that's kind of weird. Oh, definitely skipping it. <laughs> definitely skipping it. That is weird. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah. No, I, I, like, I have to see it now. Like, it, 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 morbid curiosity is making me watch this movie. How do you make a movie, how do you make a movie with Mark Wahlberg, John Malkovich, and Ronda Rousey? How do they you need do Kevin that? Hart in there just to round it out, man, like... Wow, yeah, that would be the greatest <laughs> cast assembled ever. But I, out of morbid curiosity, I will be watching this movie. But Miles 22, uh, 13.6 million this week. Uh, it's uh, worldwide. It's at 14.1, so they're about 500,000 in the foreign market. But it's open sporadically. It's an independent movie. Cost uh, probably like 20 million to make, so it's a small movie. Uh, I, again, morbid curiosity, I'm going to watch it probably sometime in the next week because I am supportive of uh, Mark Wahlberg as Guy Gardner. Make it so, number one. That's, that's all I'm saying. Make it so. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% behind that idea. Number uh, two this week, dropping down from number one last week at 21.1 million. And uh, this is the second week of release. Your favorite, Johnny Alpha, The Meg. Hell yeah. There you go, The Meg. 
It's a running a total of 83 million domestically and on a 130 million dollar budget. Again, you're probably saying, well, it needs to at least 260 million jackal to break even. 83 million this far in the game. This might, you know, bomb horrifically. It is 260, but this is where the forward market becomes really important because this is performing above and beyond expectations worldwide. It's probably 230 million foreign, uh, 83 million in domestic, so 314 million. This gentleman is in profit revenue form already. So the Meg is turned a revenue profit. And uh, it's covered, and I actually read this earlier today, where it's covered already, it's marketing, it's in the uh, positive, they're, they're making so much money, they're talking about a possible sequel, which we all know that's going to happen. Oh, so. hell yeah. Uh, I'll think of Vin Diesel to be in that one, man. I can't wait to see if my oh, Jason Statham and Vin Diesel <laughs> team up. And they got their little, they got their little like, cool submarines and they're like chasing around the sharks and they're just like drive it like you stole it oh man it's gonna be awesome no what you're gonna have is you're gonna have the rock come in like he did on uh, the fast series and then he's gonna take over the franchise kick jason take them out for the franchise and just make his own spin-off of meg movies the meg and the rock the rock and the meg you know just uh, forget about it it's just that's just gonna happen it's happened already once. He's going to be lucky if he's ever going to get to work again after Skyscraper and Rampage this year, man. Like, those are like, oh, God. Two of the worst films. I, what? I love The Rock, but I think, what well, I'm with you on that, except for one thing. I, I, I do like The Rock as a person. I think he's a good dude. But he's getting overused in a lot of things. But I do want to see him as Black Adams. So I am holding hope yeah. that they release well, that. They got it. I hope they do that before, like, he stops being profitable and people stop wanting to see him because he keeps being in these, all these awful films. And by the time DC finally, like, okay, we're finally going to use The Rock, even though we cast him, like, ten years ago. Right? Like, he's not going to be famous anymore. Nobody's going to I mean, Come on, like, what are you waiting for? You know? They just started drawing, Save the guy's career. They, it's what he needs. They started drawing the, the Black Adam character in comics when they announced that he was going to play him. Like, to look more like The Rock. Duh. Like... What are you waiting for? You're actually making a shit saying movie. Like, do you, why, why is it in that? I don't know, man. It's like the craziest thing ever. He was cast before Ben Affleck, and he still hasn't shown up in a film. I'm like, he was the hell, cast, man, guys? Dude, he was cast before everybody in Shazam was cast. Right? Cast before Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, Gal Gadot, all of them, man. He was like, he was like signed up, like, like I remember him being called before BVS came out. I mean, like he's been cast as Black Adam since. Oh. I saw memes of him as Black as Black Adams before Man of Steel came out. Okay, guys. So, everything. Honestly, they're waiting for him to like, just like to lose money on having him in the film. I'm like, what are you doing, DC? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, but make that happen. But I do. That's number two this week. The Meg, number one, and I haven't seen it. It, it debuted at number one with 25.2 million. It's been a slow uh, week at the box office, but 25 uh, million. It's a good independent release, and we opened in 33,000, 3300 theaters. Crazy rich. Asians, and I don't want to like get hit with a you know a, a non PC 
uh, you know, uh, discriminatory uh, call later. Uh, this oh, no, is the I... movie. It's called Crazy Rich Asians. So okay, it's a chick flick. I, I just saw a bunch of stories on it when I was looking for news, and I figured we'd cover it here, so I didn't bring it up. But yeah, it's obviously like the highest grossing chick flick since The Notebook or something. I was reading. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Fantastic. It's at the box office number one out of thirty million dollar budget. Uh, domestically running, it's probably thirty-four million, uh, which is uh, it's still a little bit away from returning a profit. It'll do that when it passes uh, sixty, seventy million around there. Uh, worldwide, it's at thirty-four million, so it's slow legs uh, at the foreign market, which is expected for a movie like this. Uh, but it, you know, hey, it's an independent release. It's got a uh, young cast: Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Wu Henry uh, Golding, I believe, is in this. Uh, it's uh, John Chu, the director. So, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just a love story with Asians. So, go check it out. It's in theaters now. And it's the number one movie in the country. So, it must be good for, for, you know, people who like this kind of movie. So, I'm not gonna hate or bash on it because it is what it is. And there's a market for this. There's a market for everything. And uh, there you go, guys. This is a top ten list. And hopefully you guys enjoy some of those movies. I'm a little bit behind on what's out there. I, I, like I said earlier, but I want to check some of these movies out that I haven't yet. Guys, until <laughs> next week. And hopefully maybe we'll all hear from Zod Ryder and, and see what happens. You know, Illinois is a, a dangerous place these days. So maybe something happened to him. We got stuck in traffic. Too much orange peel beer. He drank too much orange yeah, peel beer. Could got be the shit. Could be that. He got the squirts. He got the mad shit. But uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully next Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Same time uh, for the roundtable. Same roundtable place, psn-radio.com. So, uh, guys, thank you for being here this week again. Mr. Johnny Alpha, thank you, sir. Oh, hell yeah, man. Anytime. As yeah. long as I don't have bad weather, of course. Of course, yeah, which we're saddled with down here, unfortunately. And, of course, uh, the one and only Mr. Code Cuts himself, Jason Justice. Thank you, sir, for gracing us with your amazing answers, as usual, and your presence, which goes without question needed for this roundtable. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you for having me. And good night, Rosa. At least you're going to call me Shirley this week. Yeah. Could be worse. It could be. Good night, everybody. Peace out.